Welcome to the Lost Lowdown, podcast number 22, with your hosts, Claude and Justin. What's up, guys? How's it going out there in podcast land? I guess that's the right term, right? Did I just did I just coin a phrase? I think you did. Wow, that's nice. Hopefully I'll get those royalties sometime soon. Hopefully. Nice. So, today we're talking about uh, the episode, Trisha Tanaka is Dead. Which, you know, I'm sure everyone was wondering who Trisha Tanaka was. And now that she's dead, we don't care. Right? Uh, yeah, pretty much. Unless, um, I don't know, do you think uh, we might see more from her in, in, in some point? Somehow? I, I doubt it. She's pretty thoroughly dead. Have you heard of a flashback? I guess that's possible. Wait, yeah. wait, wait, wait. Stop the podcast. Are you telling me getting hit by a meteorite kills you? <laughs> yeah, no, the um that's that's what the scientists are saying. You know, I'm no scientist, but uh I don't know. Seems like that'd be easy to survive. What? Especially if you're in a building? Come on. Buildings everyone knows buildings are indestructible. Um I think they're I think I think they're on the verge of proving that that's not true. Well, Einstein's been doing a lot these days. Isn't he? Or hasn't he? All right. <laughs> so, um, you know, this is a Hurley-centric episode, which are my personal favorite. Um, wait, does sarcasm come come through well? Did, did, it, did you could, could you tell my sarcasm? I don't know. You know, it's hard uh, over the, you know, on a podcast. You know, it's like writing emails, you know. You got to put the mm-hmm. smiley just so people know. Right. Um, Can't write in caps or you're yelling. Exactly. Little things. I don't know. I think I think, uh, I think. think the sarcasm came through. Everyone knows we love Hurley. I think mm-hmm. you like, you probably like Hurley more than I do, right? Yeah. Yeah, well. No, I don't, yeah. He's not, he can't be my favorite character because personally, uh, I prefer the the mystery side of the show and he's not a very big part of that. Um I thought Numbers was fantastic, and it's been downhill from there. Numbers had nothing to do with Hurley. <laughs> that episode, they could have wrote him out of that. Just chop him out of all the scenes, it still would have been good. Yeah, no. That would have been that very been strange. Weird. But still good. Uh, I, no, I liked that story, and, and, and the weird thing about this episode is it's sort of filling in... Filling in gaps in numbers, pretty much. It's it's the yeah. same time period. I, what I like about the whole thing with Hurley and the numbers in general is that out of out of pretty much everyone on the show, he he's the most wildly inappropriate person to have to burden this uh, this curse and this the the weight of these numbers. Like if anyone's not prepared to to do that, it's Hurley. Yeah, he's the one who gets it, you know? Yeah. They don't give it to Locke or Saeed or, you know, or right. you know, or Jack or anybody who who has the uh, wherewithal to uh, be able to withstand this without, you know, be going crazy. Mm-hmm. But uh, but no, you know, you give it to Hurley and um, it's a curse and it's just the strangest thing. I, I think originally it was a good way to tie his character into the story yeah. so that he wasn't purely a comic relief character. I agree. Yeah, I mean, it definitely... I mean, yeah, I, that's, that's the thing about Hurley, I guess, is is I don't really like him because he is sort of just a comic relief guy. It's like, hey, look at me. I'm the big guy. You're supposed to laugh. And, you know, I talk like a surfer dude and all this stuff. And it's, it's just sort of, you know, cheesy. But, 
he's had his moments, and uh, you know, he's he's not everyone can be Saeed or, or Locke, or I mean, even even Locke's disappointed me before, so. No one, no one is perfect on the show, uh, but uh, but anyway, let's start talking about uh, the scenes and because uh, you know, I I gotta go on the uh, uh, down by saying I didn't like this episode. I thought you know one to five, I give it a I give it like a I give it a two and a half if I can go in the middle uh it, it's almost a three but um but there's this to me there's a couple to me the writing was was pretty lackluster in the show some of the lines and some of the character motivations were just ridiculous um and uh but besides that overall you know it, it's getting us i think to where we need to be which i think is the next episode um which is going to be a lot more interesting uh, but you know, this is the, just the kind of one of those in between episodes where you know before something interesting and after something interesting. So, and you know, obviously it's building up to you know finding more about you know uh, Roger and all that stuff. So, uh, and I and I'm presuming that you know the fact that Hurley found Roger is going to lead you know, and obviously the deal with Hurley and the numbers that that's going to sort of come into play too. Um, I think I think there's something going on with that. Uh, and the stuff that they found in Roger's van and all that. So, what did you think of the episode? Uh, yeah, I agree. I liked it. I enjoyed watching it. Uh, from from a what's the word? Drunken. For intellectual standpoint, maybe. Hmm. I. It's hard for me to defend some of the cheesy stuff uh, that's in it. Yeah. So I, I can see your point on that. But at the same time, for me, I need episodes like this, I think. Uh, if Lost didn't throw in one of these every now and then, uh, it would become... The characters would start to become these sort of uh, robots of the plot with no sort of identity or something i was really to me especially for for a lot of the characters in this episode uh i hadn't they hadn't really done anything for a while mm-hmm. jen and uh hurley and and charlie yeah uh, especially it's just been sitting around in the background well i don't mind them doing stuff i just would rather the stuff they do be interesting yeah well you know the fact that they finding this van i thought was more interesting than it needed to be Mm-hmm. For for this, uh, I I thought they they could have done an episode like this where it was even less interesting. I mean, even though their plot really? wasn't, yeah, <laughs> even though their plot wasn't, uh, I don't think is terribly important to the island mystery. It does develop it somewhat. There's there's something related to the yeah uh, to the mythology as a part of their their subplot, and uh, so I like that, and uh, I just enjoyed it. it a lot of these characters, I, I forget who they are, and <laughs> haven't seen them in a while, and they don't even feel like a part of the show anymore. And I, if if they just suddenly show up again, it, it would seem weird. And I, I think this is a good way to bring them back into the fold and get, remind people that they exist. And, and I, but that. yeah, I mean, I agree, and it was nice to see a lot of these characters again. But I still think they could be brought back, and something interesting is actually going on, you know. And it doesn't have to be, you know them sitting around making really ridiculous jokes and comments and 
But yeah. I mean, it's it, it is it, it was nice to just sort of you know sort of be a wallflower. That's you know sort of what you feel like in this episode, and you know there's not a lot of action going on, and it's just. You know, sort of, it was one of those episodes that's like, you know, this is just another day type thing, you know. I mean, obviously there's a couple big events, you know, with, with uh, Kate and Sawyer returning and stuff like that, but it was just yeah. one of those, like, sort of lackluster. I mean, I, I guess I'm on the fence of how much I really dislike it, but um, I don't know. I was hoping for a little bit more. Um, for, for for me, for the bad, for the episodes like this, the, the past ones, the crappy episodes where nothing happened... In general, I mean, there were a fair number of these in season two. Yeah. You know, I can think of like four or five offhand. I'm looking at you, Fire Plus Water. <laughs> yeah, Fire Plus Water, Long Con, SOS, mm-hmm. Dave. There was, a, there was a huge string of them there in the middle. I think, to me, this oh, one Dave, had... Oh, Dave, come on. Dave shouldn't, be, Dave shouldn't be put in that group. Dave was interesting on its own. You know, I mean, it wasn't as good as numbers, but it was definitely really interesting. I don't think you think it gets put in the category like this episode. Yeah, well, yeah, for me because okay. because it's totally irrelevant <laughs> to everything. Like you you could cut that okay. out and okay. you wouldn't really miss anything except the revelation about Libby at the end. About who? <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <sighs> Elizabeth, please. Um. Uh, yeah, no, maybe it's not fair to put, uh, I don't know, and found, the one with son's wedding ring, or abandoned. Or, they're, they're... Oh, I lost my wedding ring. Where'd you lose it? It's complicated. <laughs> oh, son, everything's complicated with you. Fine, go find it by yourself. <laughs> uh, what Kate did, I mean, I think they're... There's a number of these episodes that they're, they're just sort of they're focused on individual characters and their their own dramas and they don't develop the island mystery at all and this one I thought at least that's something I think and, um, yeah okay sorry go ahead and for me it wasn't as bad as a lot of those episodes like it was at least enjoyable to watch I I wasn't I wasn't disgusted with it like I am sometimes with some of those with some of those stories. Yeah, so. I agree. I agree for the most part, but I think, I think, you know, the two parts of, of most lost episodes are, you know, the main story and then the flashback. And I think the main story in this one is what makes the, the episode as a whole fair, farewell against, you know, the type of episodes you're talking about in season two. But I think the flashback was sort of, you know, less interesting than, uh, than the long con or, uh, Almost even what Kate did. Ugh, I don't know. Maybe on the really? same. Maybe on the same level as what Kate did. Um, I thought the long con. Hurley's flashback. I thought in this episode was was really lame. I mean, the only the, the best thing was the meter, uh, the meteorite, and uh, yeah. besides that, what else do you want? I mean, come on. I agree. It was a weak flashback, but at the same time, I I wouldn't say like Charlie's flashback in Fire Plus Water. I wouldn't say it's any worse than that. Or, and I didn't like the long con either. I thought that was terribly predictable. Yeah, I, it still was watchable, and 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 at least there, I felt like there was more going on than in this one, where I I just don't care. Like I just don't care, Cheech. What are you doing? I don't care why you're back. But anyway, let's 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 talk about all that. In, in it's a fair point. But I, I, the other thing I want to say about this, just in general, is the ending. Um, obviously we're not going to discuss it yet, but it really reminded me of a season two, that, that period in season two where 
everything interesting was at the end. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they they loaded it all at the end. It would be like a long episode of boring stuff, and then whoa at the end. Yeah. And then next week, boring, 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 and then the interesting stuff comes. Like they they did that for a few episodes. It kind of reminded me of that. Where at the end of this episode, I thought, you know, they show Sawyer sitting there, and I'm like, man, please let this not be the end. And then they cut to the other thing, and I'm like, ah, yes. Yeah. Finally something. And so, yeah, it's a good transitional thing. You already made that point. But I just wanted to say I like the ending. Okay. Well, when we get to the ending, you can say it again. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. So the first scene, we have a very young Hurley coming out uh, to work on the little car that uh, he and his dad have been working on for a while, and um, dad comes out, and he's leaving, and, you know, but before he leaves, he's got, you know, one parting message, uh, one one small life lesson to instill in his son before he leaves for presumably ever, and... Um, would have been ever if he hadn't won the lottery. Would have been probably forever if he, if he hadn't won the lottery, and so, you know, he... he the son, you know, Hurley is like, well, you know, it needs a new carburetor, blah, blah, blah. I think there's probably other problems that's wrong with it. But that's the, it seems like the major one. And and and, <laughs> and I just had to laugh. I always laugh at this. This scene just makes me laugh. You know, the, <laughs> dad's like, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> it's just so ridiculous. Dad's like, hey, let's, um, let's go start it up. And then little Harley's like, well, but no, it needs a new carburetor. You know, it's not going to work without the, the right parts, Dad. I'm 10 years old. I know that. Oh, son, come on. Let's give it a try. Okay, Dad, you're crazy. You're drinking again. And uh, so they go and, and, and you know, the, uh, he starts to start up the car and it doesn't work. And he goes, this was stupid. <laughs> this is stupid. It won't, it's not going to work. <laughs> It just makes me laugh because it's like this little kid. I mean, and I get the, I get the like, you know, the the emotion and the tender moment that he's trying to have with his son about hope, and he goes, "It's never stupid to have hope," you know. And I understand what the writers are trying to do with that, and it's very, it's very poignant, or it tries to be at least. But I just love the like very matter of factness of the kid. He's just like, "This is stupid. It's not gonna work." Like, no matter how much hope you have, it, hope does not transcend, you know, mechanical engineering. Like. <laughs> You know what I mean, and that's what that's what was really strange about this episode is that they tried to get across this idea that hope can transcend these like fundamental physical properties yeah. of of the universe, and and that's a nice idea if you can make it happen, and then it becomes this miracle, you know, like you know, like Jack, you know, and and the miracles he did, you know, with the, mm-hmm. with the surgeries, like you know, he overcame these odds, you know, but it'd be different if you know, you know. You know, Jack's dad, Christian, says, you know, Jack, you always need to have hope. And he's like, I don't know if I can do this surgery, Dad. It's really complicated. No, just have hope. And then Jack goes in, and then he kills her. He kills Sarah. You know, it's like, why would he believe that, that you need hope? You know, the same thing with Hurley. Dad says, Dad says, okay, all you, you know, you need, some, you need to have hope, and maybe it'll work, you know. And then he tries to teach him this lesson, and the lesson proves to be uh, false, yeah, but yet it's, Hurley still believes it later on. Like years later, he still tries it again, and then it doesn't work again. To, I know, I know. It's it's the weird lesson that you know always fails. It, 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 to extend the Jack analogy, maybe a patient comes in and they're missing a heart, and his dad's like, "Just fix her up. Maybe she'll be fine." Yeah, exactly. You know? it's yeah, like, exactly. But, but, but Dad, she doesn't have. Oh, it's okay. Just have hope. Just have hope. You know? It's never stupid to have hope. 
Well, you know what? And I agree. It's never stupid to have hope, but sometimes it's ineffectual to have hope because you're just wasting your time. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think it, it depends. If the hope causes you to do something stupid, I, I think it could be stupid to have hope yeah. in certain cases. Like uh, roll a van down a very steep hill? Perhaps. Maybe so. Maybe so. Perhaps. Uh, yeah, no, I think uh, generally I, I've noticed this trend with, with writers in general. They they tend to have these um, sentimental anti, anti-science sort of messages mm-hmm. that it's, it's all about personal beliefs and they'll transcend, you know, real world concerns like physics and all that, mm-hmm. you know, that, <laughs> all that nonsense. I think, yeah, <laughs> I, I just noticed that trend of people who write things, uh, movies and TV, uh, that, that they, that's the message they like to put out there. I think a lot of the people that do that write stuff are not people who are interested in those things. And so, um, they, they, they're very quick to write them off as being, you know, transcendable by mere hope. Yeah, but I think I think more importantly, or, or more specifically, I think it's that the that audiences really like that message more than just the writers sort of believe that. Oh, it's I that, agree. You know, it's that you know this idea that. Um, well, you know, our baseball team hasn't won any games this entire season, but we're mm-hmm. going, you know, we're going to the playoffs or whatever. And if all we do is have hope, we can win. And then, you know, the team, they, you know, the underdog or whatever, they they end up winning. And it's oh, look, hope prevailed. And and it's very nice. And it's good sentiment. It's good feeling. And it's great when you're watching, you know, a movie or TV or whatever. Um, but just specifically in a situation like this, when it's just not gonna work, you know, it's like. Hey, our, our 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 baseball team, you know, is really behind this season, and we, you know, there's only one person left on the team. Everyone else died, mm-hmm. but if we have hope, maybe we can still win. It's like, well, you know, it's one person. <laughs> You're gonna have to forfeit. Sorry, <laughs> hope does not transcend, you know, baseball uh, league rules. You know, right. it's just it's just strange. But anyway, I agree. Yeah. Though, yeah, that people. People have that attitude in general, so it's reflected in the things. But I, I, I feel like the writers feel that way too, mainly because most people feel that way. And so the writers, just, contrary to probably belief, are people. Right. Um, That's what I've heard, at least. Well, I haven't seen it to be true either, but I don't know. So, but before before Daddy leaves, he he ha- he gives Hurley, uh, you know, that that great piece of advice and uh, a nice piece of candy. Mm-hmm. Um, which to me made me laugh too, because it was it's it was so heavy-handed. It was so oh, this is what Hurley's overweight. You know, this 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 one little thing his father did uh, caused Hurley to to you know continue to eat to you know to to gluttonous proportions or whatever, and and that that that's the basis of his weight problem. And and I I, I on one hand you know I like that they tried to tell us you know give us a reason for that, which I don't even think is necessary. I don't really care. You know, um, but uh, but I guess they they felt the need to sort of give that little piece to his backstory. But just the idea that like he would just have a piece of that we have a candy bar on him to give to him, I thought was weird, and and it made me think, why would he do that when you know? And then Hurley, you know, Hurley says, "Well, Mom says I shouldn't," you know, and this is this idea that he's you know had a problem, or at least in general, the mom doesn't think eating candy is great. Because uh, you know most kids eat candy, you know, and why is it that you know he would, she would tell him, you know, not to? And you know he just says, "I'll live a little," you know, which 
<laughs> easy for you to say, Dad. <laughs> Wait to see me in 17 years or whatever. You know, like I lived a lot. Thank you very much. <laughs> you yeah. know, and then I just thought it was. I just thought it was. It was. It wasn't very well done. Uh, the whole candy. You know, it'd be different. I think if like you know, I don't. I don't like to rewrite the show. You know, but you know, because I'm not a writer. They they get paid to do this. They're professionals. But you know, it'd be different if it was just more realistic. Like you know, something along the lines of you know. An ice cream truck comes by or something, you know, some sort of coincidence. And then the dad, you know, you know, as they're talking about whatever, he buys them, you know. But but the idea that he's carrying it around with him in order to give it to him before he leaves just is really preposterous to me. Yeah. You know, for a kid who doesn't really eat candy, you know. I just thought it was weird. I, I don't know. But And then I guess the, the, uh, the emotional part of that is that the candy and I guess food in general becomes this sort of connection to his father or something. Yeah. I, 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 I think guess that's, that's what, what they're, to get. yeah, they're supposed yeah, that he's sort of longing for, you know, his father. And so he keeps, and that's the only sort of connection he has. Although, well, that in the car, I guess. Um, yeah. But, uh, so, I mean, I'll, I'll buy it on that level, but it, it just was very heavy handed. Um, I agree. It is heavy handed. And the fact that he has a candy bar, is kind of silly. It's a big candy bar too. I didn't really think of that, but it wasn't an Apollo bar, was it? No, it wasn't an Apollo bar. Okay. Looked like an, some sort of Nestle Crunch. Okay. Which are quite tasty. They are. And yeah. I and and it's not fair. I mean, I hope. I mean, I don't blame the dad for like Hurley's, you know, weight problem. Uh, if anyone, I blame the mom, because uh, she was the one who had to raise him after that. It's not like you know. It's not like. She couldn't have, you know, curtailed his eating habits. Yeah, doesn't it seems like if she wasn't letting him have candy bars, he wouldn't have had any more than that one. Exactly, exactly. And I don't even know why he said that. Why he said like, "Mom, mom, mom says I shouldn't" or whatever. Like, why even say that? I mean, just have him have the candy bar. That's fine enough. And then we get the idea. But with the idea that the mom is against it in general, like, it makes it seem like you know, well, that's the only piece of candy you'll get. You know? Yeah. Or unless she, or unless they're trying to get across, you know, that that. She sort of felt sorry for him, and after the dad left, she was less strict, you know, and all that yeah. stuff, which is plausible. But, you know, that's a lot of stuff that we're inferring. <laughs> and it's like we're making the writing plausible by inferring all this stuff. Hey, and, man, this is lost. That's what you have to do. You know, I don't mind inferring the mysteries, but inferring the the – the uh, the motivations of the characters, I think, is a stretch. We have to do all of it. We have to we do have to all of it. Infer everything. Infer everything. Okay. Wow. You must work. Yeah, on no, the I'm stage. thinking about the Juliet flashback. Like we had to infer a lot of stuff from that because they're sometimes they're unclear. And you know, sometimes I think uh, part of the problem can come from when they when they cut stuff out. Yeah, I'll buy that. Uh, I recently found out about a cut they made. Um, this is a tangent. Can I just throw out this thing real quick? Could I stop you? Uh, if you want. Oh, but I don't. Okay. Uh, so everybody remembers, and you included, the scene in episode one of season three where... I remember Kate, that scene. Kate and Ben have breakfast. Yes, the infamous breakfast scene. Breakfast, and, at, <laughs> breakfast at Ben's. Right. And afterwards, Tom takes her to the cage... Her her wrists are oh cut up and uh, and she looks on the verge of crying maybe yeah which, they cut a scene out from that yeah so someone asked Damon and Carlton about this I saw an interview with them where they they themselves stated this there's actually a scene that was cut out between those two scenes where Kate um, she 
She apparently, at some point, would try to pull herself free of the handcuffs. Like, she put, she hooked the handcuffs on some sort of bar and just, like, pulled down really hard uh-huh. to try to just wriggle her hands out of them. Wow. And that's how she cut her hands. That's silly. I'm glad they cut that scene. Yeah. Uh, so that's what went on between those two scenes. And then Tom comes in and says, what are you doing? And... Anyway, then he takes her to the cage, and that so that's that's how that connects. That's not a very good scene. That's I mean that that's I don't know I mean maybe maybe in context it would have seemed plausible that she would do that, but um, I don't know. Kate, they're handcuffs; they're not made to come off. Although she was locked in a cage that had an open roof, so <laughs> yeah. Um... I agree, it does seem like it would be a weird scene. But at the very least, it shows that... I mean, people had all sorts of theories. Ooh, what happened to <laughs> I just I like our theory that they just took the chain, the handcuffs and, like, wriggled it really fast against her wrist. <laughs> like Ben did with the bunny? Exactly, the, yeah. Wake up, wake shook, up! Just shook, just shook the handcuffs, you know. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Well, it was, it was the subject of a lot of mystery, and it, it comes down to a simple deleted scene that explains everything. And it makes me wonder, sometimes when stuff doesn't make sense, I feel like there's a chance that there's a scene in there that explains it. Well, once the DVDs come out, I guess we'll we'll figure a lot of that out. Yeah. But there's still random mysteries, obviously, after all the scenes ha- have been shown. So. True, true, true. But that that at least takes care of a few. Yeah, definitely. So I, I wanted to see, I wanted to mention that because that was a that was a discovery. Nice. So anyway. So okay. The next scene, uh, we have Hurley. He's uh, at Libby's grave, also sad, and he's talking oh, about uh, the abduction and all that stuff. And I miss you, Libby. And and you know, I guess it's nice that he he still has you know he we we get this scene and he still thinks about her and all that stuff because I sure don't. Um, Me either. <laughs> but uh, it's nice that somebody does. I barely even feel like she was there. She... Yeah. It, it was like when the kid brought up Anna Lucia in the last episode. I'm like, who? I, it was, it was so foreign to it me. It was so long ago. Yeah. Because yeah. I mean, even the char- the characters who are still alive don't feel real, and so characters who died, you know, before season two is over, they're just yeah. Remember, you know. remember Boone? Oh God, <laughs> Shannon. Yeah, they were on the show too uh, <laughs> at one point. <laughs> Yeah, it, this scene, this scene, I, I, I half thought he was going to be like, I miss you, Libby, and now I remember where I recognize you from. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, are they kinda, are they going to drop that? Oh, gonna... if they pick that up, that'd be silly. I don't see how they can. And then if they're not going to pick it up, why even introduce it? Was it just supposed to explain the mystery to the audience but the characters will never know is that the idea maybe i guess because i mean we still don't know though that's the thing we know she we know that's why he recognized her from but it doesn't explain why she was there what her deal is yeah i i I don't know i don't know if we're ever getting anything from that it seems like it'd be very hard to maybe she was um we never found out what her job oh she's claimed she was a psychologist right yeah, maybe uh, maybe she worked with uh, Dharma slash Middlework too, and maybe she um, maybe she defected or something, or maybe and, she was like courted and and uh, 
And maybe, I don't know. And how did she end up in the mental institution? They did something to her. I don't know. I don't have all the answers. But I could see them working something together. Like maybe we'll get another Juliet flashback when she first goes to work at Middlework. And, uh, or Middleos. Please. What, oh, it, shit, I forgot. Yeah, I think it's Middleos. Sorry. I th- you got me thinking it's Middlework. <laughs> Uh, when she goes to work at Middleos, and uh, and and then like Libby's there, and she's you know she's in their like psychology department or whatever, and I could see that happening. Yeah, okay, that would be pretty shocking. And, and they're like, she's like, "What did you do? Oh, I got a male mouse pregnant. What did you do? Oh, I made a male mouse think he was pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> I just told him to breathe." I actually, I think uh, I think Libby's achievement is almost as impressive. <laughs> I think so. I think maybe more so. I, think I was trying to so. decide. It's pretty close. It's it's pretty damn close. Well, it's like, well, what can you really get accomplished by making a mouse think something versus making the mouse something? I think I think I think uh, uh, Juliet wins just by a hair because she actually has yeah. real like results that mean something but but it's very impressive to make a mouse think something <laughs> a male mouse think something yeah no mouse. maybe because i think it's easier to convince a female mouse she's pregnant but uh yeah convincing a male mouse he's pregnant one but step I, further but i think the general problem of making a mouse think well yes something that's, like that yeah, is of course is tough to begin with and then then you add that extra thing of a male mouse should never think it's pregnant exactly so, Which is, uh, hey, why she was hot stuff. That's why they got her. <laughs> I like it. But I, the, the only the only thing that bothers me about that is it would tie her into the others, and she certainly didn't seem to be. Well, that's why I was thinking like she um, she was with them to a certain point and maybe uh, got away before they took her to the oh, island okay. or whatever, something like that. I don't know. Okay. Probably it's probably has she probably has nothing to do with that, but um, probably not. So the next scene, we see Charlie shaving, and he's, you know, just whatever, and Hurley comes up to him, and he tells Hurley that Desmond thinks he's going to die, and um, and uh, Hurley, Hurley, you know, tries to, Hurley tells him, Hurley believes him, like, oh, wow, okay, and he's like, that's probably true, because I'm cursed, and then Charlie doesn't believe him, and I'm like... You like Charlie? Like you? You believe that Desmond thinks you're gonna die? Yet you don't believe that Charlie that Hurley could be cursed? Like you know, there's a little disconnect there. Of you know, the suspension of disbelief isn't uh, isn't in, yeah. in, in function. Well, Desmond did have a history of knowing a few things. So yeah, but you know, Hurley, who was arguably Charlie's best friend on the island, uh, has been telling him he's cursed. Like he's been telling him stuff for a while, and, and Charlie just does not want to believe him. Like, yeah, you know, he's just totally incredulous about like everything. I don't even know if Charlie ever got around to believing that he won the lottery. I don't I think he even... does. I don't think he does. Yeah. Oh, I just bad my whole soul, and then you don't believe me. Oh, no, that's right. Yeah. Then you go and make jokes, mate. Okay, that's the wrong English accent. It really is, but um, that's, you got the spirit. That's the best I could do. Um. <clears throat> so then, in, in comes in comes Vincent right on cue uh, mm-hmm. with an arm, <laughs> and I think if if there's ever been proof that Vincent is smoky, this is it. I'm and I'm not kidding. There is no reason why, if Vincent is a regular dog, <laughs> which he can't be. But if he is, there's no reason why he would have that arm. 
and 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 bring it to Hurley slash Charlie. There's mm-hmm. no reason. I cannot be convinced of a reason, even if it was a convincing reason. I wouldn't buy it. Um, I'm, Vincent's crazy. Something is going on with Vincent. Like I, you know, like we talked about before, he brought he brought the cocaine to Charlie. You know, he brought the like um, yeah. The the uh, statue to Charlie. Yeah, that was weird. I like, forgot about that. Did 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 um, the Walt stepdad like teach him to like go fetch strange objects and bring it to people? Like what what is that? What I I don't buy it. And, and that's another thing. Like unless Vincent is smoky, it's 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 really crappy writing. Really crappy to have the dog like Lassie style. Come like, and not only did he bring him the key, but he led him back to the van. Yeah. Oh, you see this thing I got in my mouth? Oh, it looks interesting, right? Okay, well, you're gonna have to follow me and chase me for it. Like that, I just wanted to vomit when I saw that. That was so crappy. The writers are capable of much more than that. There's so many more plausible ways Hurley could have found, um, could have found the the van and or the key to find, you know, the key first, then the van. There's so many other ways they could have done that, and to have Vincent, you know. Not to shoot the messenger, but they should have shot him. That was stupid. That was really they dumb. should have shot Vincent? Wow, I'm just going off a don't shoot the messenger thing, but... Oh, uh, okay. I should have done it. How dare you? Uh, yeah, I, I don't think Vincent's smoky. I think uh, I think he is supposed to be a strange dog. I'm, you know, maybe saying a Lassie-type dog is taking it a step too far, but I, I think he is supposed to be that way. I think that's supposed to be Vincent's nature. Uh, but it's not plausible. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, I, plausibility can only take you so far on this show, but still. Yeah, no, I, I think, I, I agree it's not plausible, but I think that's that's just the way that dog's supposed to be. There's something going on. I mean, maybe he's not smoky, but I think he's, I don't know, maybe he can communicate with the island or something. I mean, I mean, it'd be different if, like, you know, his his little ex- excursions and his little things, like, led to, like, really inane stuff, you know? Like, hey, I'm going to lead you to the pile of poop I made in the jungle. Like, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, obviously, that'd be a waste of screen time, but, like, it, it always leads to something interesting, and it always, like, it, to me, it's just, it's really lazy writing. It's just... I don't know. It's just lazy to me to do that. Yeah. Because who needs character development from a dog? Like, I don't care. Like, and it, it just doesn't, it doesn't explain how, I mean, for Vincent to, to be able to get that arm with the van on its side like that, he would have had to climb on top of the van, get into the window, bite off the arm, and then jump out of the, <laughs> jump back out, and then bring it all the way to Hurley, and then come all the way back to where the thing, that makes no sense whatsoever. That makes no sense. Yeah. Uh, plus the key was on. Plus the key is still on the arm, which makes me think that, like, you know, Hurley sort of deduces that Roger was on a beer run, but I'm thinking, if you've got the key in your hand, the car is not on, you know? Yeah. What does a beer on even mean on this island? That was that was a weird line to me. That yeah, well, the idea that I guess they store the beer in a different place than where they are to drink it, so he has to go get you know I don't know. And maybe hey, maybe that's how uh, they they got the supplies back and forth from. Uh, that makes sense from yeah. the uh, from the airdrops from the supply drops because you know we talked you know, about that. 
didn't we actually mention that they had some kind of car or something to drive around? We, oh, that'll be impossible. They can't drive around in the jungle. Exactly. Well, unless you have a clearing like that. Well, that's the thing. Yeah. Where, the, where the car was was definitely the jungle, and it would have been ridiculous to try to drive through, but there was that, like, valley clearing thing. Yeah. But, um... I, I don't know. I guess they. I mean, I guess we'll go with this idea that they, they they obviously have a car and they obviously were driving. So and they had those plans. They were going to build. They were going to build. A, they were going to build a road. Maybe they were going to build a road from the supply drop to um to the hatch or something. But you know, I mean, not that that van was where the supply drop was. I guess it was odd to me that they would bring the car first and then build the road as opposed to the other way around. Well, I mean, they have the car, right? And then they had, and then they they need the supplies, and they realize, well, you know, we can drive, but it'd be better if we had a road, so we'll build a road. Yeah. I mean, they. I mean, I guess, I guess you're saying Dharma should have just built a road first. Yeah. Um, but if it, to me, it seems like it wasn't necessarily a Dharma project. It was more like maybe the workers trying to make their lives a little easier or something. Mm-hmm. Maybe. But um, but yeah, you know, we talked about that before with the supply job that you know one person can't carry all that stuff back and forth to the hatch. So that'd be ridiculous. So. To have to have some sort of transportation would have made sense. Now, a, yeah. a, why a van? I don't know. Why not a flatbed truck? And I, I don't think I don't think Kelvin had any of that sort of help. I mean, I think I think him and Desmond were having to do it by hand. I think by the time, yeah, I think by the time Kelvin was there, I think Roger was long dead. Yeah, or you know, Desmond would have mentioned something about having a car. <laughs> By now, uh, so so that so they so those people were doing it by hand, but originally it, it may have been intended to be done like that. Yeah, yeah, that was that was the idea. But I feel like I feel like they should have planned it better. That's just me. I don't know. Yeah, well, and I feel like the road is it, there's more importance to the road than just for beer runs. Yeah, so, but I um, agree. That seems like a crappy reason to. Yeah. Uh, build a road. I think there's more going on there, but but this whole Vincent thing, I really hate it. That was one of the low points of the episode for me. And then, oh god, we'll talk about that later, but uh, different scene, but oh man, really crappy. Um, so, yeah, so the next scene is obviously Hurley chasing Vincent, and then Vincent drops the he drops the arm right where the truck is. I'm a good boy, right? Yay! Give me a pat on the head. Um... So what do we have next? Uh, okay, so the next scene we have—it's outside of the chicken shack, Mr. Clucks, and uh, we have Trisha Tanaka, the local news reporter. She's doing a puff piece on Hurley, uh, having just won recently won the lotto, and uh, we see Randy Nation, uh, which is his old, which is his old boss, and uh, I forget—is this this is before Lock, before he becomes Lock's boss, or after? That's something that's I wrote down to talk about. The timeline is a little weird. I don't know. I think it has to be before because he was Locke's boss right before he went on the walkabout, which yeah. is to the flight. And and presumably after the the thing gets hit by the meteorite, you know, he goes to get a different job or something. Yeah, I guess that's I guess that's what we're supposed to think. Um, but the timeline made it seem like he left for Australia pretty shortly after that, which would mean that he. That Randy became Locke's boss with like him. the next day, yeah, <laughs> next couple days. 
Yeah, like a couple weeks, which is kind of off. It kind of reminds me of that whole question mark, the psychic thing, lining that up with his other flashback and yeah. all the stuff he was supposed to be. And also, this flashback is supposed to line up with numbers, too, which I think it does okay, but it's kind of odd to have these, to almost seem like you, you've got, like, deleted scenes from another flashback. Yeah. You know, it's sort of inter, in interspersed where he's talking about, oh, I went to see Lenny, you know, oh, okay, that's where that scene goes, you know. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, so um, just if anyone is curious, uh, it's a meteorite that hits the chicken shack. Uh, a meteor is when uh, a meteoroid hits the uh, atmosphere and um, burns up. That's why you know a meteor shower; those don't actually hit the ground. A meteorite is something that hits the ground, and a meteoroid is when it's in space. Okay. Uh, just a little astronomy for you guys. Um, I don't know that. Yeah, it's it's a small uh, small difference, but you know those scientists they all they're all about the details. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, so you know it was that's probably to me one of the most interesting things about the episode. At least at least in the flashback, it's definitely the most interesting thing. Uh, out of nowhere, you know, Hurley has a little um, he's uh, a little apprehensive about letting Trisha Tanaka go inside. Why? Well, I guess we'll find out in a couple seconds. <laughs> Um, he just sort of senses something might happen, uh, which, you know, you might, you might ask, why did he agree to the interview anyway? Since he knows bad things happen when people are around him. Um, <laughs> seems like he would just leave and go off in the middle of an island somewhere. Oh, wait. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, so, <laughs> anyway, the meteoroid, um, or the meteorite, sorry, uh, the meteorite hits the uh, the chicken shack and, and it explodes it, or maybe we're supposed to believe it implodes it. I don't know. Carlton Damon, want to weigh in on this one? Um, but uh, I, and I just want to say, you know, and I, I I can't help myself but to but to try to make these things make sense. You know, Hurley Hurley would have been dead if if something that big hits hits impacts the earth. It the crater would have been at least at least a tenth of a mile, if not a fourth of a mile for something that size, if not bigger, actually. And uh, everything around it would have just been destroyed and not just the chicken shack, you know. Um, because they really weren't that far from it when they, you know... It, it's a weird situation with the way it was it was shot, you know, when, when Hurley and uh, Randy go to first go to get whatever out of the van, you know, the van doesn't seem that far... But then when they have that shot of the, the you know, the burning chicken shack, they look a, a lot further than they were before. But nevertheless, they would have all been dead. But They're supposed to be in the parking lot, so. Yeah, I mean, you can't, can't be, be that, that far. far. Exactly. But uh, but there's there's a little discrepancy in how in how that's the the second shot is. It just makes it, it just makes it look further, you know, just so they can get that wide angle of the. Yeah. Of, the, of the damage, but uh, but they all would have been dead, you know, and and it's and it's a weird thing to happen. Like, why a meteorite, you know? Of, and the odds, and I guess that's the point is that the odds yeah. of that happening are, are just so ridiculous. Um, yeah, I think that's supposed to be the idea. It's so it's so crazy. And it was a big one too. Yeah, I mean, it was really big. <laughs> it was pretty big. Yeah, it's pretty big. Um, so that was strange, and and you know we got we have this titular character who's dead, um, and I and I'm wondering why why did they even name her? I mean, why why is the episode named Trisha Tanaka is dead? To me, it seems like you would name an episode that if if you know sort of like 
it's like the final straw in the curse being true. But I guess maybe it is for Hurley. I, I guess that's really what makes him decide to go to, to Australia is that last – her dying, I guess, by a meteorite. Yeah. Um, so, okay, I, I guess I'll buy that. I guess I'll buy that. I mean, the episode is, is, is more than just about Hurley going to Australia, but uh, I don't know. I guess they thought it was an interesting title. Yeah, I think I think they liked how it sounded, and it's it's it is kind of an odd title. It doesn't doesn't really make sense uh, in terms of the story, um, but I think I think I like it though. Anyway, how about Death from Above? <laughs> oh, stop. <laughs> the Trisha Tanaka story. <laughs> <laughs> her her uh, authorized biography. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Harper Collins, 2008. Uh, no, I think it's going to be published by the same people who did Bad Twin. Oh, okay. Yeah, it has I don't to know be. Who that was. I don't either. Okay. The Dharma Press, I don't know. <laughs> Surely. So, um, oh, God, we have that man. interesting scene, uh, you know, it, it was fun to watch, but made absolutely no sense, which I guess is the point. Yeah. Um, the next scene, uh, let's see, we have Hurley. Uh, he finds Roger uh, in the van, blah, blah, blah. Uh, <laughs> you know, another another corpse on the island. You know, they're just sort of stacking up these days. Um, we've got uh, we've got Adam and Eve right. uh, that we found. We've got uh, Echo's brother and then the other passenger on the plane. Nigerian. Uh, uh, the Nigerian, yeah. And... Yeah. Um, you got um, the people in the Black Rock. Um, were there any corpses in there? Yeah, skeletons. Oh, they were there. Yeah, they were chained up, right? Yeah. Um, and uh, who else we got? That's it, right? Uh, yeah. Let me think. I think that's it. More or less. I mean, yeah, besides the new new bodies. Oh, new bodies. That's a different pile. <laughs> That's a different one. The good ones lying out there somewhere. Yeah. Oh, somebody's gonna find Goodwin in like fifty years and yeah. go up to him and be like, "Ooh, from the decay of the clothes, it looks like he's been <laughs> dead for about fifty years." <laughs> oh, it's gonna be lost. The new class. <laughs> That'd be awesome. And like Jack has like been now, you know, oh, like God. he's been on the island for a long time and he's all cynical and evil and. uh Oh wow, that'd be awesome! And then like Son's baby is like Alex, and uh... oh no, <laughs> wow, that'd be really strange. I smell spinoff. And he, <laughs> and he steals. He's like, my name's Desmond Hume, and I'm from Scotland. Exactly. And, uh... <laughs> and he has to put on a fake Scottish accent the whole time. <laughs> oh, and then he breaks in, and they're all, oh god, yeah, wow, that'd be hilarious. I, <laughs> the show goes on long enough. I'll have to. We'll have to, right? Everybody will get to all old. Exactly. They'll they'll all be on to college. <laughs> um. So uh, the next scene we have everyone's at the uh, the local island store. Apparently, the little island convenience store where you can uh, where everything's two for one bananas. <laughs> I don't know. It was really weird. It's that uh, little pantry that uh, Rose set up. Um. Yeah. And everyone's just sort of, you know, helping themselves, I guess. 
Um, We're out of oat bars. Shut up, Paula. Shut up. God, man. Those, Paula and Nikki, they have yet to be interesting. They're the worst characters. They, you know, even, you know, even the worst characters on the show have, like, a, you know, by, by the second or third time you've seen them, have done at least one thing that's interesting. Yeah. These guys, no. Even, even Scott and Steve in the beginning. Like, oh, that yeah. whole thing, you know, when Michael's like, hey, Scott, I'm Steve, he's Steve, I'm Scott. Like, that whole thing, like, that was interesting. Yeah. No. No, you're right. They were they were better. And they're, they're red shirts. God. These guys, and and they seem like such imposters when when uh, uh, when Hurley comes up to tell them about the car. Mm-hmm. And, and they line up. I'm like, go away. You don't. Exactly. You, you don't belong. If this was this time last season, you guys would have been in the background. I know. <laughs> Pretending, know, exactly. pretending to wonder what's going on, <laughs> <laughs> and out of nowhere, they they get to the stand in front. It's, yeah, it's, it comes off very awkward. I would I would pay a million dollars if I had it for like when whenever Jack comes back to the camp to like come <laughs> up and like Nikki and Paulo come to say hi, and he's like, "Who the hell are you guys? Who the fuck are you?" <laughs> I would I would so pay for the writers to to do that, man. Oh, that'd be awesome. That would be hilarious. Who the hell are you guys? We're Nikki and Paulo. Arrest <laughs> these guys. I've never seen them before. They must be others. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Tie these guys up. They clearly aren't. Exactly. Aren't Yikes. Um, yeah, you know, I read this theory that that Des- when Desmond went back in time, <laughs> his changes are the reason Nikki and Paulo appeared. And, of course, the first episode they appeared in was Further Instructions right after he woke up. Uh-huh. And so that's why they're there, that they really weren't there before. Well, <laughs> everybody remembers him because of what Desmond did. What did he... But why? Oh, there's no why. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot. All good theories uh, don't include a why. No, of course not. Yeah. Yeah, I don't buy it. But it doesn't I, make I, any sense for that to be true. But um, hey, throw it on the throw it on the pot like everything else. Yeah, I have. We're gonna get a flashback for them at some point here. No, oh, yeah. I, I still have hope that somehow they're gonna pull through and be interesting, despite how crappy they are now. I mean, they're like really crappy. They have no. There's <clears throat> there's there's literally like no character to them. Yeah. They're just hollow shells. They are. They're like, yeah, wow. Um, okay, so everyone's sort of at the store, and then Sun Sun only wants to speak to Jen in English, and you know, which which obviously we know why she's doing that because we need him to speak English. So he can communicate with everybody else, and yeah, and we don't have to deal with subtitles anymore because that's <clears throat> and I so that season for one. For a long time. So. Yeah, you did think that for a long time. I did. I disagreed with you. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, you did. Yeah, I remember you saying that a while ago. Okay, um, I thought you said, yeah, you didn't think that. No, um, no, no. Okay. No, you did think that. <laughs> you did. I did! Okay. <laughs> I really did. <laughs> Sorry. I, uh... um, <clears throat> no, that's the only way you're going to learn. I guess you're, I guess even you, son, realized your dictionary was a, was a hoax. <laughs> Stop <laughs> It's like Frankenstein. Yeah. You friend. <laughs> um, you find Walt, Michael. Michael, me come with you. All right. Oh, Jen. Dan- uh, and we know how, how eloquent Daniel Day Kim is. It's so hard to watch him. Be- I know. It's so hard to watch him be Jen. 
I know. He seems very eloquent in Korean. Yeah. Like, oh, well, uh, yeah. In Korean, he's great. He's a poet. But his English, uh, yeah. And that's what's weird in those scenes where he's saying English words. Every now and then he says it a little too good, I think. I agree. When he's talking to Sawyer and, or some other scene like that, I was like, wow, you really pronounced that expertly, you know? Like, you did a yeah. good job. Because, like, I, can be- I don't really even hear an accent in that. And mm-hmm. that's, you know, not quite right. You know, he doesn't have one, so it makes sense that he can do it. But his character shouldn't. He tries to put one in there, but sometimes it, it kind of isn't there. Yeah. So. That was interesting. Anyway, then, uh, I'm glad they're doing that, oh, though. Sorry. Yes. Then Hurley comes up, and he's all excited about the car, and he wants to repair it. And people are like, why? Which was my question. Why do you want to repair it? Uh, it'll be fun. <laughs> I'm like, wow, that's a lame reason to uh, spend all this time and effort. But I guess you guys did the same thing with golf. So I was just going to say, I think this is golf course part two. Yeah, this is golf the course car. part two. Let's uh and also it was weird. It's like I didn't understand if he meant let's repair the car because it'll be fun to repair the car or it'll be fun to have to like ride in the car. And I felt like he at first at first that my take was he just meant if we have a working car, it'll be fun just to drive around. Yeah. And I'm like, that's sort of useless. Like, I don't know. I mean, I, I guess if you're stuck on the island this long, that would be a nice change of pace. Yeah. Um, but then I guess maybe he means fixing the car would be fun because he likes, you know, from his backstory, he likes to work on cars. Right. Although it doesn't seem like he ever worked in a car since his dad left. I think he might be a little of both, possibly yeah. leaning one way or the other. Okay, great. <laughs> Thanks for that statement. Um, I mean, I think he means at least a little of both. I'm not sure which one he thought was going to be the most fun part. But okay. I think he thought both parts were going to be fun to some degree. Well... And apparently no one no one uh, jumped on that boat because um, no one cared no. and uh, and I love uh, what did um what did Paulo say I gotta go get some bananas uh, gotta get some, that was me. the best that has to be the best excuse to do to not do something ever I'm gonna use that I'm gonna go to work and be like hey Clark can you uh, do this report we need this by in an no, hour yeah. I gotta go get some bananas sorry. <laughs> Love to help you out, but just, I got this, the, banana, this whole banana thing, you know. See, for me, the worst part is I work at a grocery store in the, the banana department, so it's really plausible for me to say that. Oh, okay. And why my boss asked me to do a report, I don't know. Yeah, um, that's a good question. And then but, everyone uh, sort of leaves, and then Jen, Jen is sort of standing there, and he sort of accidentally volunteers. And it's it's almost that sort of take on that uh, I don't know I don't know where that's originally from, but I, I've definitely seen that in cartoons where you know everyone's lined up and take a yeah. step forward if you want to volunteer, and everyone takes a step back, and it's Bugs Bunny who like mm-hmm. <laughs> is still standing there eating the carrot. Like what uh, what happened? I'm just eating the carrot, and now I volunteer. Oh. For, <laughs> I was eating the carrot, and now I'm in World War II. What's going on? Uh, Those yeah, cartoons are yeah. strangely political. Um, the next scene, we have Kate and Sawyer. They're getting close to the camp, and Sawyer makes the very apt comment that uh, that the that they their fellow losties did not come looking for them, mm-hmm. and it wasn't for lack of trying, except that they didn't try. Well, um, they they sort of tried. Uh, the whole the whole thing with going to the Pearl was supposed to be at least half about trying to rescue them. Mm-hmm. The the logic was extremely faulty, but yeah. that was the purpose. 
Well, and and that's the thing. It was like, hey, we we were gonna try to you know save you guys, but we got really busy. You know, we were so much going on. Like, um, see, um, okay, <laughs> see, well, all right. What happened was we went to the Pearl Hatch, you see, and we were gonna use the computer to ask the others where you were, <laughs> because we just assumed that the community computers could communicate with each other. But once we got there, we really didn't look at the computers. Uh, we saw this guy in another hatch with an eye patch, and there was a computer there. So we're going to go use that computer, but we're not going to go yet. We're not going to go yet because apparently we forgot about it. And Even though um, I said now he knows we're coming, we weren't really going to go just yet until I saw this thing on the stick, which I know has something to do with that for no reason. Exactly, which somehow gave me a bearing on the direction we should go, which makes no sense. Uh, but uh, here's some bananas. But hey, don't tell us we didn't try. <laughs> don't. T- but hey, whatever you do, don't say we didn't try. <laughs> we had to bury Echo, and that took like five minutes. Yeah. Oh. And um. Yeah. Have is this the first time we've seen Vincent in season three? I, I know. Yes. Just, okay. I just wanted to bring that up. <clears throat> A little tangent there, but uh, okay. So. I just I thought it was nice that 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 Sawyer actually says that you know uh, that they so that we know that they're thinking that they didn't actually come and find them when uh, and then you know Kate talks about it later because right. it's um you know this is really the first time that uh, you know that you know that they've sort of been sort of some some group of them have been left on their own and uh, and you know like we said they 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 did have their own half-hearted attempts to to try to find them but nevertheless they didn't go find them and they didn't make a grand attempt to do so and it and it's got to feel weird you know from all the stuff that you know at least at least from their perspective james cadence uh <laughs> sawyer i was gonna say james cadence sawyer uh sawyer jack and kate you know they've 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 done their share of, of rescue missions and expeditions for for other people and uh it, it would probably be really disheartening to uh you know even even against the uh, the odds they know you know it would be treacherous to try to rescue them uh, but it would be very disheartening to, to, to think that these people who you form this bond with because of your situation uh, didn't didn't try to rescue you yeah I will point out though when Claire was kidnapped uh, although they pursued her initially uh, once once Ethan uh, you know hung Charlie up and all that they didn't try to go look for her again she just showed up. And that's the only reason. So you're saying they have a history of that. (laughs) Yeah, and and a similar thing happened with Michael. They pursued him initially, and then they just gave up. And then after nine or ten episodes, they went out again. Yeah. And, you know, so it was a, uh, yeah, they they just do that. They sort of, you know, but in this case, uh, they went off on an expedition, and the people didn't know they were kidnapped until pretty recently. Yeah. And they let, they, they have no idea where to go, and they, you know, they... And I think, I think it's consistent, even though it's kind yeah. of weird. And I, and I think, and, I, and I'll, I'll add that to their their other list of crimes too. That you know, with with even with um with Michael and uh, Claire, uh, at a certain point they didn't know where to look anymore. They, yeah. You know, they really didn't. And I guess that you know you can't you can't you don't want to go expend your time just looking around such a huge island randomly. You know, right. not knowing what's going on. So I get <laughs> they're like, well, we'll just stay put. Maybe they'll come back. <laughs> 
And they did, sort of. They're like, Vincent always comes back. Maybe Claire will come back. And then Claire <laughs> came back. Oh, well, Vincent and Claire always come back. Maybe Michael will come back. And then Michael came back, and it's like, mm-hmm. well... Vincent, Michael, and Claire always come back. Maybe Jack, Kane, and Sawyer will come back. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Kane and Sawyer did. They almost got. And then that. now they're like, okay, all these people came back. Maybe Jack will come back. It's yeah. just a matter of time. It is. It's so they're just way. they're just following the patterns that have presented themselves. Yeah. Can't blame them. No. Blameless. 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 Um. So along the way, coming back to the camp, uh, I keep wanting to say James because she's calling him James yeah. up until a, a few minutes. <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, last episode you were saying, and it seemed that way to me that she was calling him James when she was mad at him, mm-hmm. and in this episode it seems like she's calling him Sawyer when she's mad at him. Well, this is this is how I took it. Well, first of all, you know, he he steps on this on this dart, which. That's a question in and of itself. Why is there a dart there? Yeah, I wrote down. That was one of my first things. I'm imagining uh, that it's from the implosion of the hatch. Because I believe there was a dartboard in there. Oh, look at that. Yeah, I think that's what we're... Because, you know, it was was torn up and sort of, you know, deformed and all that. And I think, you know, I think we're supposed to believe that's from the... uh, that's from the hatch. It never even occurred to me. I was like, ooh, it's a dart. It's a- <laughs> the phantom, where's the dartboard? Hmm. <laughs> I thought it was a, a weapon dart. You know, so oh. Uh, it reminded me of those those things the others were using. Uh, like a blow dart? Or, yeah. Uh, what do they call it? A blow? Uh, what yeah. are those things called when you, you blow? A blow dart? That doesn't sound right. It sounds... A blow tube. Uh, huh. A blow. I don't know. What is that thing called? Blow dart sounds reasonable, but I'm not sure if that anyone really calls it that. Hmm. Well, yeah, blow gun. Blow gun. Blow gun. With a dart in it. With a dart in it, yeah. yeah. Like, at the end of season two, when when the others captured him, they all got hit in the neck with the with these little darts. And then, yeah, uh, they weren't that big though. That well, would no. that would have like hit your artery, made you bleed to death. <laughs> Good point. But nonetheless, I thought it was some kind of weapon along those lines. Oh, I see. Uh, it didn't occur to me that it could have something to do. And since they were close to camp, uh, it makes sense that that's that that's probably what. But we actually saw the dartboard in uh, two episodes ago. Yeah. You're probably right about that. Nice little detail they put in there for no apparent reason. Uh, yeah. I guess to give them a second to stop and talk about right. what's really going on. Yeah. Which is what happened. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. But what's really going on, according to James, nothing. We nothing. ain't talking about nothing. <laughs> um, I think basically she starts to call him Sawyer again. Uh, when she, I think it, to me it was like, you know what, we, we had this 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 you know harrowing adventure this this encounter with the others we were captive we were tortured you know we were put to work and you know we got really close because of that so close that you know she started calling him james um and i think this was sort of a return to normalcy this was like okay we're going back to the camp now and you know what this is you know she asked him is this how it's going to be you know you you're not going to tell me how you feel or whatever and uh, and I think she realizes that um, whatever they had is sort of over or, or maybe sort of needs to be over. 
uh, and they're just gonna because that's what it felt like to me. They're just, they're going back to their sort of quote unquote normal life now, uh, yeah. and so she goes back to calling them Sawyer. What what does she want him to apologize for? Oh, women! You know, you <laughs> never know. You never know. That's a great way to start. Um, oh, women! <laughs> it doesn't matter what she wants him to apologize for, um, because it could be anything. But um, I just I didn't feel like he. He I should just know. he should, and he should know to apologize. He he gives Jin these valuable life lessons very soon. He should know that it doesn't matter why it matters oh, that right. you need to apologize. You're right, he does know that. And I think maybe that's why he tells Jin that is because in hindsight he realizes that's what he should have said. Yeah. Um. But uh, but no, seriously. Um. When when that scene happened, I I sort of thought I knew wh- what it was, but um, I think it's I think it's something to do with the I love you thing and and what they talked about last episode. Yeah, uh, which was already confusing too. Right. It seems like it seems like they know what they're talking about, which is obviously most important, I guess. But yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think the, uh, there's a little disconnect with what the audience knows because I'm not quite sure what is going on besides the whole "I love you" thing and and the sex thing. Right. And um, and yeah, I don't I don't know what what she really wants him to apologize for for being a man, I guess. <laughs> <It's> just... <laughs> I just, uh, I wish I knew what he, I mean, I understand he, he let Carl go and he said all that stuff about, oh, you only did it because he thought I was going to die. And, mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe you know, that's what, I think that's what it is. He, you know, he sort of put the blame on her and all this stuff. And I think she, she wants an apology for that. And, and I guess maybe she feels like he, um, what's the word, uh, undermined her feelings or something by saying that, you know, because if she really does love him and. And and then he says, well, you only did it because you thought I was going to die. That's sort of, you know, that's sort of a crappy thing to say if she genuinely has feelings for him. So. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. I guess we'll we'll leave it at that. Um, the next scene, uh, they is a continuation of this one. They come back to the camp uh, after all that time, mm-hmm. and uh, they get greeted by people who didn't even know they were gone. <laughs> 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 I didn't even know you were on the island, uh, but welcome back. Uh, <laughs> oh man, um, yeah, I just love all those. I just love those. I mean, they've always had scenes like this, yeah, uh, where people come out of the woodwork and you're like, "Wow, I've never seen you on the show before." Hi, my name's Bill. Uh, you might have seen me moving tarps around in the background. <laughs> exactly. exactly. <laughs> you might remember me from one of the times the others came and abducted us, and I was scared guy number four in the back. Yeah. <laughs> You may remember me from such episodes as uh, <laughs> Sawyer's got a hangover and I'm hammering something and you told me to shut up. <laughs> you may remember me waving when Michael and uh, them left on the raft. Uh, I was very happy to see them go. And uh... <laughs> third, uh, third woman from the right when Sun said, Bolt! <laughs> <laughs> Oh God! I was the one who was really surprised when we found out uh, Sun could speak English, um, <laughs> and I was also really worried when uh, Sun and Michael were fighting. I was hoping someone would intervene. <laughs> I was the first one hoping from a away. distance. <laughs> what? So hoping from a distance. You the what? First one who walked away. I was the first one who walked away in shame and fear when Kate was revealed to be a fugitive. Yes. 
And also the one who walked away when Charlie, when Locke got hit by Charlie. I'm sorry, oh, Charlie yeah. got hit by Locke, uh, being uh, really stupid and taking the baby I'm, into the I'm water. I'm really good at walking away. Yeah, you're walking, you're walk away person. <laughs> Carlton and Damon are like, we need someone to walk away in this scene. Me, me, me. <laughs> I have experience. All right. Um, anyway. Carl, because Carlton and Damon are the ones who decide that. <laughs> right. Uh, exactly. And people raise their hands. And people raise their hand. And sometimes it's uh, Matthew Fox. And they're like, Matthew, you're such a prankster. We need you in the scene. Oh, you. You're always doing something. Uh-huh, uh-huh. That's Kate. Right. <laughs> season 2 King. She hasn't season been joking King. around much this season. Man, didn't she? Didn't Evangeline, is she married to what's his name now? Uh, I think they're gonna get married. Or are they just still they engaged? Okay. Wow. What a what a pair. Yeah, isn't it though? Wow. Wow. Okay. Um. The next scene is uh, another flashback. Hurley comes come to his palatial mansion. Uh, just after the meteorite hits. Um, he's obviously shaken. I mean, jeez. Jeez, a meteorite just hit right next to him, and he didn't die, even though he should have. Based on physics. Um, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> and, you know, of course, he tells his madre that, uh, you know, the meteor, di- I'm sorry, that the curse was responsible. She slaps him and she doesn't believe in curses, although, you know, she's a fairly religious woman. Um, mm-hmm. You would think she might believe in something uh, along the lines of superstitious nature, but uh, no. No, there's no such thing as curses. You she, she had that line in Numbers where she says, we're Catholic, we don't believe in curses. Yeah. So, uh, I don't know anything about the Catholic position on curses, but it seemed to suggest that there's something about Catholicism that, you know, doesn't well, allow for curses. I mean, you know, I'm no theologian, um, but it, I feel like, uh, you know, if you believe in... Um, you know, exorcisms and, and, and the ability to be possessed by evil forces, it, it's it's a quick hop, skip, and a jump to this idea that an evil force, you know, doesn't necessarily have to possess you to affect you. I don't know. Call me crazy. Um, but anyway, nevertheless, she doesn't believe it, and she's, you know, and I really think she doesn't, you know, it's just part of the drama that they're writing in that she doesn't believe it. I don't know. I feel like she was, if she was a real person, she would be like, well, you know what? Um... Uncle Tito did die, and yeah. the house did burn down, and you did mm-hmm. get arrested, and like all this other crap just happened, and a meteorite, and she seems not to be phased at all that a meteorite just hit in daytime in L.A., which yeah. uh, hasn't happened like in the last hundred thousand years, <laughs> you know? Well, no, so. no. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, she sells him that daddy's home. He's been gone for seventeen years, and oh, great reunion time. Um, the next scene uh, is in the present. Hurley and Jen are uh, surveying the van, and and I love when you know Jen is trying to tell Hurley that they should uh, raise it up. Or I guess he's trying to tell him we should uh, get Roger out. And Hurley's like, "Oh man, I suck at charades. You want a what?" <laughs> I love that. I love how he said that line. That's, to me, it's one of the best best Hurley lines ever. Uh, oh man, I suck at charades. You want a what? <laughs> love that. It's nice. Um, because I could see him sucking at charades, but I I just love that he's like, dude, I don't even don't even try. What are you trying to do? And uh, so anyway, they they get Roger out, breaking his head, of course, setting up a joke later, which of which course. I think works. And I, I I liked it. It was 
I, I think I think Sawyer pulled that off pretty well. Uh, what's your head? <laughs> I see recycling paper. I see beer, and I see a head. <laughs> oh, oh! The third one is funny. Um, it always is in jokes. So um, the next scene we have Charlie. He's confronting Desmond. He's so. When am I gonna die, mate? Um, you know, and then Desmond goes, I was drunk, and I just want to slap the writers. I just want to slap the writers and then slap Desmond and then slap Charlie just just because. Uh, <laughs> Charlie's not even doing anything wrong. He's but. not even, well, he's being a little, he's being a little bit of a twerp by, you know, this whole thing again about his dying. But, I mean, obviously he's the one dying, so he has the right to be concerned. Yeah. But, um, but just, just this idea that Desmond is going to, again, play the drunk card. Like, dude, you can't use that excuse all the time. At least try the bananas excuse, you know, or something. You know. Lo- look, hey, Charlie, I'd love to talk about this. I'm, I just there's these bananas. There's, and... hey, there's these bananas, and Charlie's like, "Oh, enough said, bananas, enough said, <laughs> enough said." I already know. <laughs> oh God, yeah, I know. I the way that I love the way Tesman says drunk. It's really. Did he I say it weird? Pleasant to listen to. <laughs> yeah, it's. I uh, was drunk, mate. There's, there's just something very. I don't know the the way it comes. Like I think drunk is an ugly word, but the the way he says it, it, it sounds nice. I, I don't know. Hey, the way he does everything's nice. Hey, with a <laughs> slightly open shirt. Just mm. open enough for the ladies. <laughs> um. If you haven't, guys, I recommend you go find the sexy Desmond lounging in bed picture that's on lost media oh that picture is awesome yeah if you go to lostassmedia.com uh there's this strange uh i guess it's sort of to be some sort of publicity photo it can't be for lost though it's yeah i, don't I think, think it's, it's a, from um some other show he was on yeah it's just I say it's 24 the, it's the weirdest picture he's just like sexually lay sensually laying in bed i'm hello i'm desmond <laughs> Care to join me? Care to join me? <laughs> yeah, it's very strange. Very strange. Um, <laughs> it's my wallpaper. No, um, I agree though. It's a, it's a cheap excuse, and I, I don't even think he believes that either. He knows that that he has these things, and, and it's been demonstrated more than once. And, and to say this drunk line after confessing before. That that is true, you know. I mean, you can use the drunk line before you make a big deal about it and attack somebody, you know, yeah. and have an extended flashback about it being true, um, you know. But he he confessed to Charlie already. He yeah. already told him, "I can see the future. You're gonna die." Now, why come back and say, "Oh, I'm drunk," but like, no, no, I'm not gonna, kind of not gonna take that. Um, but he's, you know, and then Sawyer comes up and he's pissed because his stuff is gone. Oh. And, and and I'm thinking, oh no, not back to this bullshit. Again. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> it's back to Sawyer hoarding stuff, and maybe and maybe that's the point. They got rid of his stash, and so now he's not going to be hoarding. He can't be the hoarder anymore. Yeah, no more. I was I was thinking, how how long before people are going to come to Sawyer needing things? Mm-hmm. We, is it back to that routine? Yeah, it, it does seem like maybe they're they're gonna they're gonna not have that happen. He sort of, um, yeah, was, I. I can cool. see, <laughs> I can yeah. see. Uh, I think one more scene later on, where somebody, maybe Kate, 
needs something and asks him for something, and he goes, "I they ransack my stash. I don't have anything anymore." And that'll yeah. be the end of Sawyer's stash. Yeah, you're probably right. That's uh, that would be the way to end it. Um, so he's pissed, and then of course that that really this is really just to serve uh, Sawyer helping Hurley and Jen with their their plot. Uh, cause he, next scene, he storms up to Hurley and, hey! You know what's weird? I, I, I'm just thinking about that. He goes up and, you know, he's saying, where's my stash? Where's yeah. my stuff? Blah, blah, blah. And, uh, and they, and they say, well, we drank your whiskey and we drank it with Hurley. So why does he go march off to find Hurley? Because, like I said, uh, they need Sawyer in this plot, in Hurley and Jen's plot okay, for this. So That's really the say, only there's reason. There's no good reason. There's no good reason. He's got two out of three people in front of him, but he goes to find Hurley. Like, it doesn't really make any sense yeah. to me. Like, and then he goes to Hurley, like, where's my stuff? And he's, and like, he's totally, yeah, in this next scene, he comes up to Hurley all pissed, and he's totally disarmed by Hurley's, you know, affection to see him alive. Yeah. And, and you know, Jen gives him a hug, too, and then that's it. We don't even talk about it anymore. Right, he and doesn't even... You know, yeah, he doesn't even care. You know, they, they don't care. It was really just a service to, for him to get to where uh, Hurley and Jen were. Yeah. Um. So, he, you know, Hurley says, hey, you should help us fix this. Why? Because there's beer. I'm like, okay. Seems like you could just take but the beer. But I can pull the beer out of the car <laughs> without us fixing exactly. it. Exactly. Oh, shut up. And I guess you're always talking. You're always talking. <laughs> When did you wake up? <laughs> Why are you talking? Um, yeah, it's weird. I think I think maybe his uh, his southern gentlemanliness said, "Okay, I guess I'll help him raise this thing for the beer," you know, because it yeah. really is, it's only gonna take five seconds. <laughs> right. The thing only weighs probably three thousand pounds, but um, three of us can do that, right? Because we have long sticks. And you know what's good to lift a lot of stuff is a long stick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's what scientists say. Nothing beats a long stick. That's what she said. Ooh. Yikes. A little office for <laughs> you guys. got a little dirty. <laughs> got a little dirty. Yeah. Hey, it's office style. All right. Um, the next scene, we have Kate uh, talking to a very, very missed Saeed and a pretty missed Locke. Um, <laughs> <laughs> hey, what can I say? Saeed didn't, didn't get as crappy as Locke did. Over the over this uh, over the seasons, um, she's telling yeah. you know she's telling them about what happened and uh, you know she basically says hey I'm gonna go find Jack and they're like you don't know where to look and she goes I'm going for help basically right and she doesn't ask them to come along uh, which is mistake number one yeah because if she would have asked them to come they would have been like gotta go get the bananas. No, they they probably would have would have jumped. They probably would have talked her out of it. And I think she was just like, you know what? Screw this. I already tried to convince Sawyer to do it. He tried to talk me out of it. I'm just gonna go. I know I know what's gonna what's gonna get this done. And uh, you know, when you need something done right, you need a woman to do it. And Kate mm-hmm. knows that. So uh, that's why she. And not goes, just any woman. Not just any woman. A French woman. A French crazy woman. Yeah, the the idea of Danielle and Kate single handedly rescuing Jack seems very silly to me, but uh It's Delman Louise. 
Obviously. <laughs> and they can take Hurley's van and fly off the edge of the cliff. <laughs> Yikes. Uh, yeah, it's strange. Uh, the next scene, we have Dinner with the Reyeses. Uh, which, right. hey, if this was a sitcom, you know, I would watch it. Right. We got Hurley, we got the mom, we got uh, Cheech. It's like Nash Bridges reunion. Mm-hmm. Except we don't have Don Johnson. But it's still just funny. Uh, I, I really love that they were eating what I believe were a hamburger, a lasagna, and french fries. Mm-hmm. Uh, because when you're rich, your meal doesn't have to make sense. No. You can get whatever you want. <laughs> uh, it, it seemed like, it seemed like um, you know, those movies, like even like Home Alone, you know, where he just like orders all kinds of shit, you know. And, uh, you know, it seemed like what Hurley would do. He's just like, oh, whatever I feel like having a taste for, that's what I'm going to make them give me. It kind of reminds me of the whole Elvis's uh, uh, fried peanut butter and banana sandwich. Oh, yeah, yeah. So it's one of the, yeah, when you're rich, you can just have all sorts of weird things, whatever you want. Yeah. And Although I think have... the fried peanut butter and banana was a, uh, was that a thing he did only after he got famous? I don't know. Oh, okay. I'm making. I, I'm ruining the fun. I mean, I know. I know he he had them made for him when he was famous. Yeah. I, I mean, I but I but whether he liked them before that, I, I don't know. I always I always thought that was sort of charming the the, the fried peanut butter banana sandwiches just because it seemed like a very um, uh, what's it called? Uh, what's the term I'm looking for? Um. Not down to earth, but a very the opposite of what a rich person would would, would, yeah, would get. Yeah, you know, it's, it's not. It seems like the kind of thing. Food. Seems like the kind of thing he grew up on, or something, or he had when he was a kid, and so he just kept having, you know. But then, of course, he got a little out of control with the eating. But yeah, but it's a very sort of pedestrian type thing to make. Yeah, um, which which I think is sort of. But yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah, it's sort of the the rich the rich person. Whatever I feel like eating, I'm just what I'm gonna get. And, right. You know. It doesn't have to be nice. I mean, lasagna and hamburger isn't a nice meal, but no, no, no. Well, when the trans make it, hey, hey, <laughs> they were Benedict chefs apparently. <laughs> Which that was a very that was a very strange point to make. Uh, I don't know what I'm supposed to do with that. This husband and wife Benedict chef team. Um. I don't know what to do with that. I don't know. I don't either. If anyone in our audience knows what to do with that, please email <laughs> us at the lost low, lost lowdown at gmail.com. Or leave a comment. Uh, leave be a lostlowdown.blogspot.com. Let us know what you did with that information, because we don't know what to do with that. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I, got, I have no Stick idea. Stick it in our hats, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Um... Do 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 do. Moving right along. Um, oh no! <laughs> sorry, I think I owe him five bucks now. Uh, <laughs> um, oh. So then again, we see this scene with the mom being very religious. She has this like gold, uh, not even gold plated, but like it's it's solid gold. Right. Uh, is it Jesus or is it Mary? Jesus. Okay, please. Uh, the Jesus statue and uh, and I don't know. I just feel like by now she should be convinced. I think she has. I think she's. Um, what's the word? I'm at a loss of words. This podcast. Uh, never mind. Forget what I was gonna say. The next scene 
We have Hurley. Um... <laughs> <laughs> wow. I was going to reiterate a point that I made earlier about her being uh, not no, believing but in she curses. Should, yeah, she should. Never mind. I, I agree. It's kind of she's being unreasonable, but she's. I mean, they're they're writing her unreasonable, so I don't know. Whatever. I agree though. So she says, "Why don't you show your dad what you have in the car? I mean, <laughs> what you have in the garage? <laughs> that would have been funny. She spoils the surprise. <laughs> show what you have in the car. Ooh, I mean garage. Sorry. Damn it. Oh. Okay. So anyway, Hurley goes, takes him out to the garage, and we see he has the same car as when he was a kid. Although I'd like to point out, it wasn't fixed. It was on blocks, and uh, although it was very shiny and waxed, it but, represents uh, their relationship. It's uh, it's still yet to be repaired. Mm-hmm. Now you're de- you're right. I mean, that's literally what they're going for with that, because the next scene. Uh, not the next scene, but later, um, you know, it's the idea, we'll fix our relationship by going on that, that trip that I said we'd go on, and we can fix up the car and go on the trip to the Grand Canyon. Mm-hmm. It's all very movie of the week. Yeah. The next scene, um, we have uh, the fearsome threesome, Jen, Sawyer, and Hurley. Uh, <laughs> don't ask me what that means. Uh, they finally tip over the van with their big sticks, and uh, they look inside. And there's a lot of paper. It looks sort of shredded, uh, multicolored paper. I want to I want to mention. Yeah, um, good point. Which you know, when I see you know blue and pink paper, it always makes me think of business documents, financial documents. You know, like things with carbon copies, stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, we find uh, the blueprint of the road that they were planning to build. Um, which I've never seen a blueprint for a road. I don't know. I, I, that's like the first time I've ever seen something like that in a movie or, or reference to any sort of – I mean, obviously they have to you know, design when they build a road, but I, I've never really seen, especially for a dirt road, like some sort of blueprint for that. I thought that was really strange. Yeah. Um, it seems like you would just like, you know, if it's a dirt road, you just like go and do it or something. I don't know, but – I don't know. Very strange. I'd like to know I think, what else. I mean, they need there. to plan out what they're going to do. I, it makes sense to me to have some sort of plan. Maybe a technical blueprint isn't necessary. That's. That, I guess that's what I mean. Like the fact that it was a, you know, it was literally a blueprint um, means they're they're going to great lengths to make this uh, dirt road. Uh, which yeah. Is very interesting. But you know, they've set this idea up that they that they build. I mean, obviously that was Dharma, but they've set the idea of building up with. Um, with what Kate and Sawyer were doing with the others at the at the mini island building, oh, right. uh, whatever that was supposed to be, yeah, which I guess we... is done because they left the mini island. Yeah, they really so, did. And I really don't think they completed what they did because it's only been a couple days. Now, supposedly, or maybe a week. they work on projects there. Now, maybe they're abandoning it for now. Uh, and oh god, I know. Because this makes now now I'm, now I'm thinking well if they never plan to or now I'm thinking if they plan to go back at some point how do they know that you know the losties won't go there during the time that they come back for their next project they don't it's bad it's, it, it is bad honestly and I'm gonna say this I think the writing's getting worse yeah I really do okay <laughs> I'm just gonna say that and move on um. Sawyer finds I the head. I disagree, we... but uh, let's move on. Okay. Sawyer finds the head, and uh, and you know I thought it was a nice touch. It was it was sort of comedic, pretty funny, uh, and strange. Uh, so they're um, 
what is this next scene? Oh, oh, Hurley says, Jen is trying to tell Hurley about, about the van, uh, fixing it. And Hurley says, oh, even if you were speaking English, I wouldn't understand what you were saying. Uh, which, did you understand what that line meant? Uh, I guess I thought he meant he doesn't know anything about cars. Which isn't true. Which isn't or true. Or at least it shouldn't be true based on, based on his backstory. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, maybe, uh, yeah, I'm out, man. I don't know. That was how I took that line. I don't know how else you can take it. I guess maybe maybe after after his dad left, he didn't work on cars anymore. Um, he sort of gave that whole. I mean, it was something he did with his dad. He gave it up, and so maybe he sort of forgot what he knew about car. You know, I mean, obviously he couldn't have known too much, but uh, maybe he just forgot what he knew about cars. Maybe that's maybe that's the point. I don't I don't know why they would want to make that point, but uh, yeah, I don't know. yeah, that's a weird point. In um, an episode where they show him about to work on a car. <laughs> Yeah, having him say a line like that is kind of awkward. I'm actually surprised that Jin knows a lot about cars. Me too. I thought that was a bit odd. He became the the guy who was gonna fix it. Yeah. Saeed would do that normally. I think Sawyer uh, would be someone I think who would know about cars. Oh, okay. Too, uh, but apparently he only knows about beer. Yeah, yeah, he didn't uh, care about the car. I think that's the thing. I think maybe he could have looked at it, but he just didn't want to. Yeah, I don't think he cared. He didn't yeah. think he cared either because he said it. Yeah, he did. Um. Uh. So anyway, Hurley gets in the car and he he tries to turn the car on with hope, um, which I hear is <laughs> is actually uh, cheaper these days than gas. Um, <laughs> hope is hope is still uh, ninety cents a gallon. Um, <laughs> no, it's just really weird. He's like, I know what'll get this car going. Hope, my God, Hurley! It didn't work when you were a kid. It's not going to work now. Give it up. It's just, a, it's just a weird way to emphasize a lesson or any sort of like, you know, principle of life by illustrating how it doesn't work. Right. It just doesn't work to to do that. And it seems like if you're gonna if you're gonna base something on on this idea of you you know hope and hope being important, you want to show it working right. after someone you after someone hopes for something. You know, I don't know. Yeah, and it's like like what you were saying about Jack's story. You know, he actually did something. And the weird thing about Jack's thing was he had no hope. He was sure he failed, mm-hmm. and uh, and he didn't. So it actually seems like <laughs> it's the opposite. Yeah, it seems like the lesson should be: assume you failed, and things will go well. Exactly. And if you have hope, uh, you'll be sadly disappointed. Yeah, that's the lesson I get from all this. Wow. I don't think it's what they're going for, but uh, you know. It's very. I agree, though. Car with help. I mean, come on. Come on. Uh, yeah. I mean. Yeah. Anyway. It was that was the running theme, and they they were trying to make that work. Uh, and I I think the ending of this story is supposed to be be the hope working, but uh, that wasn't hope working, though. That's the thing. That was that was that was physics. It was. That was the way cars work. That was that, was, and he knew that. That's why he tried it. He didn't, right. you know. He didn't hope that. Oh well, maybe you know this is a this is a standard car. Maybe if I roll it down a hill and going, if I hope hard enough, it'll just magically start. No, he knows something about cars, and he knows you can you can uh, uh, jumpstart a car like that. Yeah. You know, and 
God, see that's what that's what I'm saying about this episode in terms of the writing. Like things aren't lining up. They try to make one thing be another, and they just it's just not. Yeah, you know. And to me, that's that's just that's just bad writing. Um, let's see the next part. I also wondered, like, you know, obviously, I think there's a there's a, there's a certain element of danger in trying to start a car that's that's that old. Yeah. You know, my first question is, does it have gas in it? Uh, you know, is there any gas leaks? You know, there's right. obviously obviously rusted parts. Um, you know, he could start the car up and get a spark and blow up. You know. Yeah, I mean, didn't um, didn't the car have an eight track player? It had an eight track player. Yeah, so we're talking seventies here. Yeah. Uh, that car has been laying on its side for probably at least. Uh, 20 years at least 20 years so you're talking your weather rain and stuff going on uh the undercarriage yeah and it, it seems very likely that there could be a problem as far as gas leaks and i'm surprised any gas was left really uh, uh, me too i uh would have expected it to uh not be there anymore but uh yeah i agree it's, it's dangerous and foolhardy but uh well it just didn't do anything so yeah I guess, uh, I don't know. Next scene, uh, Sawyer sitting around drinking beer. Uh, you know, Hurley, Hurley says the most, the most logical thing I think he's probably said in, in, in a very long time was that the beer is probably poisoned by now. Uh, because I think it, by now it probably is poisoned. Uh, cause it's, it's, it, it too has been there for about 20 years. Yeah. Fermenting and getting obviously really gross. Not only that, it's hot. Yeah. Why you'd want to drink a twenty-year-old hot beer? I mean, it'd be different if it was whiskey. You know, come on, yeah. it ages, ages well. It, that's yeah. the point. But beer does not do that. Beer, uh, as far as uh, I know, wine uh, stuff. You know, a lot yeah, of things exactly. Age well, beer doesn't. Yeah. So. Um, but I guess, uh, and, and I think it's odd that there's Dharma beer because it seems like there should have been Dharma beer in the in the supply drop. Yeah, there could have been. There could have been. I believe there was wine. I remember a certain day with Libby that included <laughs> wine. Oh. We'll all remember that night, won't we? <laughs> so, uh... <laughs> Hurley couldn't find the beach. Did you bring blankets? No. Uh, Did you bring food? No. <laughs> uh, I got a can of beans. Oh, God, Hurley. God, a big vat. What was it beans or corn or something? Oh, corn. It was yeah. a gallon of corn. I got a big vat of corn. If that's not romance, I don't know what is. You're right. You don't know what is. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, he shouldn't have forgot the blanket. This Valentine's Day, show the ones you love just how much you care with Dharma brand corn. Now in 12 gallons. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Single serving. <laughs> That's a lot of corn. Someone you love. Exactly. <laughs> um, I thought the funniest thing in the entire episode was uh, Sawyer references Roger and cheers him on the head with the beer. I just cracked up when he did. He calls him Skeletor. And he cheers him with the beer on the head, and I that was just I it just it felt like a, such an eighties comedy. Like I just picture Weekend at Bernie's or you know yeah. like something like that. Like it just seemed like a such a classic comedy. Moment. <laughs> you just got that they did that close up of Roger sitting there with his head cocked and his he's kind of <laughs> smiling even though he has no face, and like he just gets a cheers on the head. <laughs> it's just so funny. 
It's so comical. I couldn't believe it. I, that was very weak. And, and only, only, I think only Sawyer could pull that off, man. Only Sawyer could be like, hey, Rogers, cheers. <laughs> <laughs> cheers on the head, buddy. <laughs> you're dead, but you're still a good guy. <laughs> <laughs> you're still okay by me, buddy. Yeah, he's like sitting, he sat him up next <laughs> yeah. to him. Like, and he, he just like laid the head on top, you know, and like. Oh, like man. he was part of the group. Exactly. You know? well, I'm surprised he didn't put a beer in his hand. Yeah, yeah, that's what I would expect. Hey, look, 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 Roger's drinking a beer. <laughs> I can see Soria putting a can up to his, to his mandible and like pouring, <laughs> pouring <laughs> in some beer. <laughs> Oh, this guy's got a hole in his face. The beard's falling out. Yeah, well, that's what happens when you're only bones. See, that's what that's what the show is missing is the insane comedy, the mm-hmm. tangents. Come on. Oh, Forget the important mysteries. Yeah. I want uh, I want eighty style comedy. Mm-hmm. John Candy shows up. All right. Oh, God. <laughs> now you've gone too far. Sorry, you have gone too far. Um, I love how Hurley thinks his name is Roger Workman because when I when I first <laughs> saw the name tag, I said Hurley's gonna think his name is Workman, even though not only is there a space, the M is capitalized. Hurley, yeah. pay attention to details. Um, but whatever. And he go, I, they had to make the point that he's he. He, you know, sorry, he calls him the the armor janitor. Um, I guess this idea that he's sort of low on a totem pole of what's going on, which I, I don't think he was necessarily. Um, the but you have to wonder what was going on around this time. You know, they they send old Roger out to get beer or whatever else he was doing, and his car rolls over. I guess. Well, you and... know, I go ahead. I feel like, uh, you know, Roger was, you know, not as important to what's going on with Dharma like, you know, Calvin and Rosinski were, um, you know, I've, you know, being in the hatch and doing stuff or whatever. But I, yeah. I, I feel like he was, you know, part of the team that facilitates the, the, the running and the upkeep of the of their hatches and stuff. Um why it's a, he's in the middle of the jungle and the car's overturned uh maybe smokey attacked him uh okay. it doesn't seem like they're in that area where smokey usually is but you know smokey can i guess go anywhere so it doesn't really matter um, but um I, I guess that would be my only guess on how you know to me the car the car should not have been he couldn't have been driving when this happened uh, or at least he may have been driving and then something happened which caused him to stop. But at some point he had to stop because, you know, and the keys weren't, you know, weren't in the ignition. It was in his hand. And then, he, you know, he's still in the car and then it's turned over. So I feel like, um, I feel like Smokey may have attacked, but then you think Smokey would have, you know, done more damage to the car and like maybe even taken him out of the car and, you know, bashed him against the tree like he loves to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so the Smokey thing I don't think is really fits uh but i definitely think something happened that made him stop the car um either either he was driving along and he and he stopped the car and then something happened or you know he was getting into the car and something happened before he started driving off or something but uh 
But the fact, and then the fact that it was turned over is is also part of the strangeness too. What could what could maybe cause it was a polar bear? Maybe it was a polar bear, but you think you would would have seen more damage on the on the car, or unless they're gonna show us damage later or something. Uh, it, the, but one of the things that's odd to me is that they that they just sort of left in there. It seems like. Uh, when he when he has the car and he doesn't come back, they would go find him and get the car and get you know bury him or whatever, and not just forget about it and leave him there. It just seems kind of odd to me that he's just left there with this car. Yeah, I, I'm thinking maybe there's 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 a lot of reasons. I mean, this could have been at the tail end of you know. Dharma and, and its organization and uh, you know yeah. as far you know as far as them being uh, on the island and stuff like that. Um, right. I wanted also... to. I really wanted to make this a part of my dying a slow death war with the others theory. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And that and that this yeah and that this was maybe during that time or even a part of that uh, to to where that they they weren't able to or they didn't bother to go look for him. Yeah, and I, but I, and I'm also thinking if if Smokey has something to do with it, they may have been like, well, it's too dangerous to go try to find him. Yeah, if they knew about Smokey, whatever Smokey is, if, was it there before, Tom? Oh, don't even ask. I... Please. Oh, boy. <laughs> don't go ruin the podcast with questions like that. Right. It's a fair point. But what do you think, yes or no? Yes or no what? Smokey before Dharma or no? Smokey before Dharma, no. You don't think so? You think Dharma created Smokey? I really want to believe Dharma created Smokey, or that Smokey is some sort of manifestation of the island because of Dharma's initial presence. Okay. I don't. I don't see. Or their presence caused it to manifest. Yeah, I don't see any reason for Smokey on the island before. I mean, okay, and then and then you get into the question of were there people on the island before the others? Which the tentative answer is yes because of the statue. Um, so then in that yeah. and in that and in that universe, I would say okay, well maybe there is cause for Smokey if there's other people on the island. Um, so I guess I guess the real answer is I don't know. There's a lot of ifs okay. there. There's a lot of ifs. I have different different uh, different answers based on the scenario. Yeah. Yeah, I uh, I have no idea, but I'm just going to just to have something to say for now. I'm going to say uh, yes. Yes, what? That it was there before dark. Okay, why? That it's the spirit of the island in general, and that it's just been there all along. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Now I don't. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not firm on that, but I'm just. That's that's the position I'm going to take for now. All right. Yeah. We'll see if you regret it. Yeah, I, I may very well. Um, so Jen basically tells Hurley that you know the it can't the the van can't be fixed the Dharma van we should mention I'm sure everyone saw that but Dharma van big 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 Dharma logo on it and it's interesting that it it wasn't uh you know and I guess it makes sense too that it wasn't specific to any hatch it was just a general Dharma um logo um, right the classic for the. For yeah, for the the standard no particular alliance Dharma. <laughs> yeah. 
go with the Dharma logo with no icon in it. Very well said. <laughs> Thank you. You and oh, my friend yeah. have a career in comedy. I, uh... I, I try. The next scene, uh, although before we go to the next scene, I, I do want to mention uh, uh, Sawyer and his little line about uh, you're on the wrong island, you know, there's no hope, there's no hope here, uh, which mm-hmm. is a very sensical thing to say, a uh, sensible thing to say um, for someone in, in their situation in general, in his situation in particular, uh, I'm glad he said it. Um because, you know, Hope isn't going to get them off the island. No matter what you say, Rose. No matter what you say. I think... Oh, Rose I think, get off the island. I think it's okay to make an SOS sign, even if he is a dentist. It doesn't matter. He's trying to do something. What are you trying to do? Oh, oh, well, you're stocking the pantry. Great. That's going to help us get off the island? I didn't think so, Rose. I didn't think so. You know what, Rose? I liked you better when you had cancer. There, I said it. There, I said it. Ouch! That was Bernard. That was that was me being Bernard. Oh, that was I think that was me in the beginning. But wow, Bernard, where have you been? <laughs> uh, no answer. Okay. He left the room. And I'm around. Where have I <laughs> yeah, where have you been? Oh, jeez. Um, the next scene we have um. Daddy wants to take Hurley on the adventure of a lifetime. Uh, yes. I mean, I'm, it's it's really a movie that in and of itself, like the father, the estranged father and the son building the car right. to go to the Grand Canyon. I mean, that's a movie. We'll make and, a fresh uh, start. <laughs> you and me together on a journey of the heart. There you go. Um, <laughs> Wow, that's horrible. Um, we'll repair that engine and repair our love. <laughs> I gotta stop there because uh, I got a couple more lines of that. Why is it? Why is it a? Uh, it's always a Broadway Broadway play. I don't know. Every, everything melodramatic seems like a Broadway play. Yeah, bust out the moves. Yeah. The next scene, uh, or this scene, <laughs> um, Daddy wants to go on the adventure, and uh, you know, it, it's just too late, you know. And uh, uh, he says, "Well, you know, before you go to Australia, you know, I, I have an idea. Let, let, let's let, let me let me take you somewhere." Oh, I'm sorry. I think I made. I, I think I. Uh, this is not the scene where he wants to go. I'm sorry. Yeah, this is not the scene where he wants to go to. The Grand Canyon. This is the scene where. Oh, this is the. This yeah. is just the scene where he's like, he says go on an adventure, but he means he's um he's gonna take him to see the um the psychic. Um, right. So he takes it to the psychic, and the lady does a, a a pretty good song and dance, you know, and and uh you know somewhat believable throughout the whole thing, and uh, Hurley Hurley catches on at some point and, and, and he realizes that uh, I think it was the egg. I think that You know I <laughs> I sort of thought from the beginning that that the dad put her up to it, but when I saw the egg, I thought the egg didn't make me think it was it was fake. The egg made me think it was very cliché because anytime you do something weird and crazy, you put you use an egg because eggs are weird. 
Yeah. And I'm like, wow, they used an egg. That's 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 just odd, you know, of all the little things. An egg, it, it seemed very apt to use an egg for an exorcism yeah. uh, of a curse. And, uh, and yeah, you think you're right. I think that egg was like, I think it was the whole. I think it was the whole idea that she's that she told him to take his clothes off and all that stuff yeah. too. But the egg was like, "What are you doing?" I guess for me, when I was watching it at first, when she put the original things in there, she just had things, some sort of, I don't know, herbs or something or, yeah. in jars that she threw them in there. I'm like, okay. When she put in the egg, it started to seem like she was making breakfast. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Take your clothes off right now. We need to do an exorcism after I make this omelet. <laughs> yeah, that's. I just as soon as she did that, I'm like, come on. Yeah. No fucking way. It just. I don't know. It's. It. I. It. It. it struck me as wrong. And how dare that, you, sir? The mystical arts do include eggs. <laughs> I wasn't aware of that tradition, but uh, uh, before that, I I thought our reading was. In, in hindsight, it seems a little fakey and played up and sort of vaguely similar to Claire's psychic reading. Yeah. Um, I mean, and it seems like it would be kind of bad if it were real because it would just be kind of reusing that that idea. When she said the numbers, which was fairly early on, I, I knew that... Um, I, I I had a good feeling that it, that it was that it was really fake. I mean, plus it was like, what would the end of that have been? Like, if this was real, like, how could she have gotten rid of the curse except for something weird like that? Or else she would have just said, "You can't do anything about it," which it'd have been like, "What's the point of this scene?" You know? Right. Um. But when she said the number, yeah, that's the thing. Claire Psychic had advice. For yeah, her. yeah. I mean. Once she once she once she said the numbers, I'm like, man. At the very least, she could have known those numbers from TV because those are the lottery numbers. Yeah, you know. So it wasn't like proof, but um. But I thought she did a good job with her with her little uh, song and dance there. I do I do love when Harley's like, uh, I'll give you thousand dollars if you tell me my dad if if you tell me if my dad put you up to this. And she goes, How dare you? The mystic arts are not subject to bribe. <laughs> Oh, she was very encouraged. She was. I love that. I love her reaction to that. And uh, and the ten thousand. All right, he put me up to it. For a thousand dollars, she'll uh, she'll keep the front up. Yeah. Uh, ten thousand. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Very quickly. The Mystic Arts cost ten thousand yeah. dollars. The Mystic Arts are not subject to bribes, but I am, however. The next scene we have uh, Sawyer and and uh, Jen. They're they're doing a little English lessons and uh, and um, uh, you know just going over random stuff. And Hurley's over there praying for praying for hope mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> because it never works. So that means you got to pray harder. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Sawyer says, what did he say? I have some help for you or whatever. And he throws the can over to him, and it, he throws it way too far, and it rolls down the hill, and the light right. bulb goes off in Hurley's, in Hurley's head. Um, and then the next thing we have Charlie, you know, at the beach again, moping, and Hurley comes, and he goes, stop feeling sorry for yourself because someone said you're going to die. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, if there's any, a to- any time to feel sorry for yourself, it's when someone says you're gonna die. Like that was such a weird yeah. thing to say. Like, don't feel bad because you're gonna die. 
Oh, Hurley. Um, and I, and I thought it was actually a testament to Hurley's to Hurley's uh, commitment to this friendship that, in, in the midst of you know his situation with desperately wanting to get this van um, back in working order, he stops to think how this can help Charlie. Yeah. <laughs> and he goes all the way over to the beach to involve Charlie in this harebrained scheme. Right. And um, so I thought that was interesting and strange. And he goes, we're going to do something really dangerous, and if you don't die, you win. Right. <laughs> Isn't that a great game? Like all great games. <laughs> if you don't die, you win. Oh, God. Yeah. And... Only, only, only. Besides Hurley, could Charlie uh, be convinced by that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I it's actually, like... I actually liked that scene, even though it, it is fair for Charlie to be moping about that. But, uh, but uh, I, I'm still sick of it already, even after one episode. So um, you're sick of what? Oh, the moping. moping. Yeah. Oh God, he's. A, he, I don't. Charlie's a bad moper. He is. Or he's a, he's a good moper because he's always moping. Okay. He's always Maybe. moping. He is, he, yeah. He was moping before he had a reason to mope. He's always moping. He's a moper at heart, you know. You can take the, you can. I got it. You can take the musical contract from the boy. You can't, but you can't take the mope out of him. Mm-hmm. Hold for applause. Hold for laughter. All right. Um. The next scene is Jen uh, telling Sawyer the three phrases a woman, uh, the only three phrases a woman needs to hear. Um, right. And I think the fourth one is, I'll pay for dinner. Mm, um, <laughs> it's a lot of slow down comedy hour. Right. Uh, try the fish. Um, and you know, I realized at this point, uh, Sawyer is doing a lot of name calling in this episode. Like more than usual. Like every time he references somebody, he call, he gives them a nickname, and I think it seems like he's making up for like lost time or something. Yeah. You know, it's like he's hey who hey you and hey it's like okay you know one a scene will do thanks. Yeah, and and I want to point out that that is one of the reasons why Sawyer will never be one of my favorite characters because he 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 has that that thing where he always says these these nicknames and it's this like signature thing and it just it, they they go way overboard with it and, and in this episode it was like come on man i i liked him in this episode but i just it, it prevents me from liking him a lot because it's just so ridiculous it seems like yeah it seems like he's spending all his time trying to come up with nicknames yeah you know and it's like and it, and it comes off strange when when he you know he's just talking and then he 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 references you know something and and you're just like it just takes you out of it. You're like, why did he say that? And you know, he just called him snuffy and he's calling him, you know, whatever. And it's like, you know, stick to something or just, you know, don't, don't do it. But, um, but I do have to say, uh, Sawyer is very well read. Um, he, he makes the, uh, what's the reference he makes in this one? Um, Oh, no, I don't remember. Do you remember what literary reference he does? No, I was, I was waiting to hear. Oh God! Now I don't remember. Did I write it down? Uh, I forgot what he said. Oh man, I have no idea. Yeah, we don't have a transcript. I didn't know he made a literary reference. He called um uh oh you know this was in the oh this was in the beginning when he when uh 
when he confronts Charlie, uh, this was a while ago, and he calls him um, something because you know he stole all of his stuff and he calls him something. I don't I don't remember what it was. Oh really? Yeah. Oh. Okay. But anyway, he's he's very well read apparently. But you know. Yeah, I mean they they showed they showed him reading a lot over yeah. uh, the course of the couple seasons. So um, I guess between all those cons he was pulling, he was at the library a lot. Yeah, and he had the thing with Henry and of mice and men. And, uh, yeah. So uh, yeah, no, he. I think he's supposed to be well read. That's just a part of his character. Uh, let's see. The next scene, uh, we already did this one. Oh, so um, Hurley and Charlie come uh, up to Jen and Sawyer. Then the next little scene is they. They push the they push the van to the end of the jungle, right to where the, the clearing is, and um, uh, we get the flashback. Hurley's packing to go to Australia, and Dad is, you know, you don't need to leave. You just need a little hope. And, you know, it's just, if God, they say hope so much in this episode for no reason. Yeah. And uh, it's like they're trying to make a out of it. They're trying to make it seem, you know, it's almost like, here's a really bad analogy, like the Wizard of Oz, you know, like, it's just a hope is just a man behind a curtain, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it kind of reminds me of the uh, "Don't tell me what I can't do" thing. Yeah. In that in that vein, at least. Yeah, and then the dad goes, um, you know, I'm and the dad's like, you know, the the sort of corollary to all you need is hope is, you know, a man a man makes his own luck, and um, then he goes, you know, and I'm thinking, how can a guy like like his dad really believe in this hope and 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 the ability to make your own luck, you know, we they, they paint him as this down and out guy who comes back after 17 years to mooch off of his son who's won the lottery. Uh, how can you tell him about making your own luck? He just won a hundred something million dollars. How how do you lecture him about luck, you know, and having hope? Yeah. You know, it's really weird. See, that's the thing about the writing. Like, it just some of these things just don't follow for me in this episode. Like, why are you lecturing him about making your own luck when he's the lucky one? You know, in general, I mean, now specifically, he's got a curse. Well, is that lucky? Probably not. But um, but considering that the odds of getting a curse are really small, he could be considered lucky that he got the curse. So. Right. Right. Okay. Um. Anyway, I thought that was weird. I've seen uh, Hurley wants to jumpstart the car, so they um. So he's like, uh, yeah, we'll just push it uh, down this hill here, and so he's like, and you'll just run into those rocks right over there. And, you know, and I'm thinking logically, you know, if there, there obviously is a section at the bottom of that hill where there aren't rocks because that's where they end up driving through. Why not push the car over to where just in case the car doesn't start, we won't run into rocks. Oh, that was a hard thing to say. Won't run into well, rocks. In that case, you wouldn't have as much suspense. Exactly. Exactly. No, I totally get the suspense thing. Um, but. I don't know. I just thought it was crappy. That's what I would do, but, you know. If I were on the island, I'd be doing a lot of stuff they don't do. Uh, that's true. It is true. Although I'd probably be a little frightened to do certain things, but, uh... Like what? I don't even know what I mean by that. Pull out a dead body from a fan? Yeah, Maybe. I don't know. Maybe I'd get used they to that just, for a while. They, they weren't grossed out by that at all. No. 
I mean, you know, I mean, it's one thing to get used to like seeing a dead body or whatever, but like to have to like pick it up and move it, and then to have it just sitting around you. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I think in real life that'd be really creepy. Yeah, it would creep me out. I that's the thing. I kind of felt bad when he knocked him in the head with the beer. It's it seems very, <laughs> you know. Uh, crass. It, it is very crass, and it's, you know, but uh, it's definitely funny. <laughs> and I felt bad for Roger. I guess Hurley sort of voiced that. But, I feel uh, like Roger was a was a happy-go-lucky guy, you know. I think, uh, I don't think he wanted any special treatment just because he's dead. Well, there's, I mean, knocking him in the head with a beer can when his, I mean, it just seems kind of, I don't know. Uh. <laughs> I love that. I love that scene. It may be uh, a faux pas or whatever, or you know, in bad taste, uh, but um, it's definitely funny. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I just I keep picturing that. Just I just love that close up with a beer coming in the frame, knocking him in mm-hmm. the head. Um. So I love uh you know Charlie decides he's gonna ride shotgun for no reason. I want to point out. Uh, victory or death? Victory or death? That's all I got, buddy. That's all I got. Why? Why are you? Why are you riding shotgun? It's dangerous. Victory or death? You know, I kind of understand where he's coming from on that. Uh, oh, really? Uh, yeah. If you, if you're told you're gonna die, and Mm-mm-mm. you've got this specter living over you, it's like, why not do something risky? Because. Just because you're going to die, he has no idea when he's going to die or how he's going to die. And this idea, and this, and this, this idea that, I mean, basically, and it took me a little while to figure out what exactly Hurley's thinking, and then both of them are thinking with this, is that, you know, Hurley's basically saying, I've got this curse on me. It's, it's, think, people around me get hurt and are killed often. I'm going to go do this really dangerous thing. And not only that, you, you are fated to die. So, why don't you come along and then, you know, if you don't die, you know, with me having a curse, and that, then, then that means you'll, you'll sort of, you know, transcend your fate, you know. But we've already learned from uh, Desmond's excursion uh, that you cannot change, you know, what's going to happen. That even if – and that's the thing. It's like they, they seem to believe that if, if – um, if Charlie survives, then that means he's not going to die. Like that, that, that somehow proves that he's not going to die and or proves that there's yeah. no curse, you know. And it just does the logic doesn't follow because Desmond never said, uh, I got a vision, you're going to die it, with Hurley with his van down the, down the hill. It just says, you know, I, I get these visions, you know what I mean? So just because Charlie survived this, it means absolutely nothing, absolutely nothing if Charlie survives. You know what I mean? And if he dies, well, he wouldn't have died if he didn't get in the thing. You know? So yeah. to me, they, they try to set up this idea that they're somehow, you know, going to beat out fate by doing this, and they're not. You know, there's there's absolutely no reason for for, for Charlie to do this, you know? And, and he doesn't – I mean, I guess by this point he does believe in Desmond that, you know, that Desmond is telling the truth. But if it, you know, someone tells me I'm gonna die, I'm not gonna go tempt fate and, and tempt death just because they tell me I'm gonna die at some point. I mean, everybody dies at some point, you know. He could die a week from now, or two weeks, or a month from now, you know. And and I think it's it's, it's really it's really stupid to say, well, 
I'm going to die anyway. Might as well just go do this really dangerous thing for no reason. Now, do you have a, do you have a side to that that I'm not getting? I, I don't think it's logical, and obviously it doesn't defeat fate in any way. Uh, nonetheless, I understand why he would want to do it. Uh, well, what, what's the what, okay? Well, what's that reason? I, I guess um, I guess just putting myself in that position. If 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 I know that at some point, I mean, when he says you're gonna die, Charlie, you gotta assume that means soon, relatively soon. Okay. Because if it doesn't, I mean, everybody's gonna die at some point. That's not a that's not something you know crazy to say to him. You can True. say that to everybody on the island. Sure. You're gonna die, Jack. You're gonna die, Kate. Everybody's gonna die. Well, so. Kate's not gonna die. So sorry, I forgot. Um, so so I assume he's gonna die soon. I mean, I guess I guess I you know your your friend's going through this thing where he's trying to you know rejuvenate everybody's spirits and. Uh, uh, and he's he's brought you along to try to get you out of your thing, and you know, going along with him demonstrates your faith or something in his endeavor, and 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 not only that, it's it's uh, it is tempting fate, but it's sort of like uh, it's sort of like you know, fuck you, fate. I'm gonna do what I want anyway. You're not the you're not gonna make me cower, you know. Like I I understand that attitude. Hmm. I'm not gonna just curl up because it doesn't. I'm fated but that's the thing; it, it doesn't seem like you have to do either extreme, though. Like, why can't? Why, where's the middle ground there? Where's the acceptance of your fate, but not like I'm gonna go tempt fate? You know, you don't have to be sullen about it like he was, but it didn't seem like you need to go do something dangerous like that. You know, just to just to do prove the opposite. It's like, well, why why not hang out in the middle where where the sanity is? Yeah, I mean you don't need to do it, but I but I can understand this situation with Hurley doing it, going along, you know. It seemed it would seem to be make more sense to me just to have Charlie drive and have Hurley, you know, cuz cuz Charlie's the one that's tempting his own his own fate, his death. Why not have, you know, Hurley sit back cuz Hurley just wants the car to work. Why not have him sit back and not do the dangerous thing cuz it could kill both of them. You know, like if you really want to to do this idea of like, you know, screw you, fate. Like I'm gonna do what I want to do. I'm not scared to die, whatever. Which he is, <laughs> but um, you know, it seems like Charlie should be the one driving by himself to get the thing going. Now, of course, that ruins you know the scene when they're together and all that stuff. That ruins you know the that whole thing, which I thought was well done. Don't get me wrong. It's in the moment, but you know, it's just like leading up to that. It's just all these like all these weird character motivations that just to me in the real world don't make any sense to to do something like that. Okay. So that's my point. Um let's see. Um and yeah, that's the other thing. Other people have died on the island, you know, and it's like is it is it so weird for Charlie to believe that you know he could be next or that that any of them are gonna die, you know? It's crazy. Yeah. It's not it's I mean, not Echo that crazy. Echo just died, like I mean it's I don't know. Uh so anyway, blah blah blah, as we all know. Desmond was no help with that, by the way. Yeah, well. I think that I uh, I think it'd be strange if Desmond got a vision of Smokey killing uh Echo. That'd be that'd be weird. 
That'd be oh, that'd be weird. What would he, what would he do? I don't know. I don't know what he would do. Yeah. Don't follow the smoke monster. Yeah. And then that, and then that, what does that even mean that that his visions are are of, are of Charlie, uh, or at least specifically right now? I mean, obviously he got a vision about Locke, but um, I don't know if that means that no one else is gonna die anytime soon. Maybe that Charlie's the next one to die. I don't know if we can inf- if we can infer that or not. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I don't know. I don't think so. Although I think it's true. I'm not even sure Charlie's gonna die. Oh. Unfortunately, like you said on the on the comment section, it's nice to be told that, but um, you know, yeah, I'll see it when I believe it. Yeah. I mean, um, I'll believe it when I see it. <laughs> I'll see it when I believe it. Cause see, all you need is hope, and once you have mm-hmm. the hope, whatever you're hoping about will happen. It'll, it'll, yeah, and then you'll okay. It'll yeah. make sense. Good. Exactly. And I thought I said it wrong. Yeah, no, you didn't. Um, so they go down the hill, blah, blah, blah. Oh, it's so crazy. It's just like Thelma and Louise, and then they get into yeah. work, and they turn. They oh, it is. Wow, time. it's Thelma and Louise. It is. This time with guys. Mm-hmm. Delmar and Louie. Okay. Um. What? Yeah, I don't know. What was that first name? I said Delmar. Delmar. Okay. I don't That's know. Okay. Oh, I said that. Uh, so they get it working, and this eight track comes on and starts playing. Um, you know, which sort of get, you know dates the the van for us a little bit more. Uh, and then Sawyer and Jin get in, as does Vincent somehow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I didn't. I didn't. Did you see him get in like from the exterior shot? I meant to go back and look. I just remember like I remember this this shot. You know. You know, you, you get that that wide that wide shot with Sawyer Sawyer and Jen getting in, and then they they start driving, and then they show the inside with Sawyer and Jen, and then they just show Vincent. It's like, how'd you get in here? Oh, that's right, you're Smokey. <laughs> it just was to me. It was really creepy. That close up of Vincent, like, ah, they did just what I wanted them to do. Ha 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 ha. Like that was that was creepy to me, man. That was really creepy. Nah. 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 No, screw that. Screw that. He's just a nice, helpful dog. A dog? No, screw that. Screw that. No. He, he, there's something up with him, dude. I, I remember a shot where I think he tried to get in before Sawyer, and Sawyer like pushed him back and got him first. God. But I think he was there. Yeah, I, no, I believe he was there, but just the fact that he, he, he wasn't there, he wasn't there while they were working on the car at all. But once they get the car working, he shows up for the ride. Um, I, I think there is something really strange going on. Either this is just the world's strangest dog, or um, or there's or Vincent has ulterior motives. Because uh, that that just was really weird to me that he he instigated this whole thing. Yeah, and, and it's even weirder to me when I consider the fact that they actually shot him leaving the island with Walt and Michael. At the end of season two, uh-huh. uh, so they were, which is per, my personal biggest piece of evidence for why he's not Smokey. Yeah, uh, uh, doesn't mean he could, didn't become Smokey in their eyes. Yeah, I, I don't just I don't see Smokey leaving the island. That well, seems kind of I, what I'm saying is they may not have thought of him to be Smokey up until the point they wrote that he you know left the island with with Walt and Michael, but then later. Which is when all the when, which is when all the weirder stuff happens with with him, 
uh, you know. So they, so you're saying that they came up with that after that? Yeah, that's possible. That's certainly possible. Um, but I feel like before that they couldn't have thought that, uh, or they wouldn't have written that scene. And that's Damon and Carlton writing that scene. They should know what the deal. Yeah, is. and and that's the thing about you know this idea of of. Um, I mean, it obviously is a crazy idea, but of, of uh, Vincent being smoky. I don't know if, if on the island there's Vincent, and then sometimes we see, you know, this this we see Smokey as Vincent, or if on the island there's only Smokey as Vincent. You know, I don't know which one it is. Um, so it could be, you know, it could be that they, you know, they shot they that they they have Smokey as Vincent and Vincent, and they're gonna have Vincent leave, you know. And then they thought it'd be too weird to to show that having Vincent leave and then still seeing Vincent, even though that's sort of Vincent is smoky. And they were like, right. "We don't want to, we don't want to have to explain this right now or something." Okay. Uh, so they could they could have still had both, but yeah, it's possible. I feel like it can't just be Vincent's the smoke monster, the real Vincent's dead. Yeah, uh, it could be they're both around. Yeah, I agree, and it could be that they changed their minds or decided that they'll that they'll go with that. Um, but I, I don't know. I guess I, I guess I feel like he's the world's strangest dog. Um, ha- I guess you would have said something, but um, have they ever addressed uh, Vincent and his strangeness in the podcast? Uh, specifically, I don't. Not that I can think of. Because that's a that's a question I'm I'm sure someone should have asked by now. If is yeah, no, they they may very well have, but there's I mean, there's been a lot of podcasts. I can't I can't recall it. I thought you seen them all five times. Well, and by seen I mean listen to. Right. Nonetheless, it's still easy to forget them. Okay. Um. We get uh, okay. The next the next scene we have the the nice indie montage with the sad but uplifting music, um, and basically it's all the couples on the island except oh. for who Sawyer and Kate. Mm-hmm. They're gone. She's gone. Oh, look, there's Son and Jin with a flower and a hug. Why did Jin give her a flower? Like, it, it seemed like he was apologizing. Well, the, like, the way the son looked at, at him and, like, at the flower, like, I'm mad at you, but, oh, this flower is so pretty. I love you. Like, it seemed like he was, I guess, apologizing for not wanting to only speak in English earlier, which is the only thing he'd be apologizing for. Yeah. But um, I just thought that was, that, that came off kind of strange. But uh, I don't know. Love is a weird animal, much, yeah. much like Vincent. Yeah, we don't really know what he said to her because they didn't have subtitles. So, yeah. um, so if he said certain things, it could have been a fight. <laughs> but I don't know what he said, so it did seem kind of odd. Yeah. But well, I mean, her reaction didn't make it seem like it was a fight. What? Her reaction to what he said didn't make it seem like it was a fight at all. I mean, are you you're talking about the the scene, oh, the first yeah. scene, right? Well, a mild fight, but yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. Um. And then, uh, so the next scene, we have Hurley driving around in the in the van. Oh, and I'm, I'm thinking still here. you're wasting all that gas, buddy. There can't be that much in there. I know. It seems like the nice thing to do would be to offer, you know, other people. A few rides because you, your gas is limited. You just—I just see Hurley riding around in circles for days. <laughs> I got the car working, man. 
I mean, I guess if he was the one to instigate the whole thing, he has the right to sort of enjoy it. But uh... And I don't think that's necessarily true. <laughs> uh, I mean, just because he found it, that means it's his? Well, it was his whole idea to go fix it. And yeah. Now, he was the yeah. motivating force. No, and now by in that sense that he did offer other people to help him and no one wanted to, but... Um... But I, I I would be against his claim that it's like his van and he only he can decide what to do with it. Oh yeah. and well, like, of course. You know the Sawyer uh, angle of yeah. things. <laughs> right. No, I agree. It's not his van, but I feel like in some sense he's got a right to at least enjoy it for a little bit. Yeah. Not like not like you know this is my ride now. Stay away. Yeah. I and mean, what are they gonna do with that van, dude? You know what I, I think they're know. gonna do with that van? They're gonna drive that van to O Town. They're gonna all hop in it with their rifles and with their oh, God. and with their uh, pickaxes and with their torches, and they're gonna go take that angry mob up to O Town. It'd be really nice if they could drive that thing through the jungle because they could really make some distance yeah. pretty quick. They could probably drive on the beach if they did it right. That sand is tricky to drive on, but yeah. uh, if they did it right, they could maybe drive up the coast. Yeah. Not the rocky parts, though, like where Desmond killed Calhoun. Or you know what? Maybe they'll find. Maybe the, maybe they actually built the uh, built the road. You know, like or the road is pretty much done already, and they'll find yeah. the road or something. Possible. Possible. Um. So the last scene we have Kate in the jungle, and then she she finds the net, uh, which is I. There's been so many nets, but I think it's the net. Is that supposed to be where Henry was captured? She finds the net. Yeah, I didn't even. I don't even know what you're talking she, about. Remember, she walk. She's walking through the jungle, then she bends down and she uncovers some some like leaves and stuff, and she, there's a net right there underneath all the leaves and debris. Did that really happen? I watched it twice. I don't remember that. What did you think she was bending down investigating? I don't remember her bending down. She bent down and investigated, and then that's when she hears the noise and she tries to hide. Which I gotta tell you something. If you're in the dark and you have a torch, you can't hide. Just FYI, it's impossible to hide when you're in the dark and you have a torch. Mm-hmm. Even if you crash down, Kate. Even if you crash down, I see the light. <laughs> I just thought that was really ridiculous. I don't crash down. They can't see me. <laughs> Worst hider ever. Oh well, you know, it's Kate. It is Kate. That's all she's got. If it was Claire, she would have raised the torch higher. Mm-hmm. And started over here. I mean, exactly. I mean, don't look over here. No one's, no one's over here. Oh, Claire. Oh man, God, we haven't made fun of Charlie and Claire nearly enough this episode. I know. Well, it's about two and a half hours so far, something like that. We got another two hours to make fun of them, so okay, uh, let's do it. Ooh best part of the episode I think well were you gonna go look it up just just so that you feel better about that uh, I guarantee it happened oh I believe okay. you I just don't I just well I didn't know I, 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 I was waiting to see I, I didn't know if you wanted to go look at it look it up no later. I believe you I, I don't think you'd make that up I, I'm just amazed at myself for not noticing it, it, it was it was weird because it, you know it was sort of dark and you can't tell exactly what she's doing but it, it's definitely the net and um and it's so, the idea that she went back to where she knew she could find Rousseau. 
So you think that was you think that was Henry's in that? Or that was, was either it? that was either where she and Jack were, yeah. um, or that was Henry's. In that. And I say Henry's because why do I say Henry's? I don't know. It doesn't. I guess it doesn't really matter which net it was. I guess it should be her net because she wasn't even around where Henry was captured. No, she wasn't there. So yeah, it, it's her net and. Why she thinks Rousseau would be close to... The, I mean, obviously, Rousseau would be somewhat close to that trap, but um, she's really close. <laughs> yeah, she's extremely close. And uh, so anyway, um, she tries to hide from, from uh, Locke and Saeed, and uh, there's no fooling them. When they see a light, they know someone's there. Um, <laughs> How did you guys find me? How did you guys find me? My years of service in the army told me. Yeah, it's like, okay, Saeed. Um, and then, you know, they're talking and she says, um, you know, why didn't you, why didn't you ask us? He's, Locke says, why, you know, why didn't you ask us for help? And she goes, two reasons. I love this. Two, <laughs> two reasons. Reason the first, you don't know where to look. And second, you're not motivated. And I love that, like... The motivation line was really weird. I'm like, wow, they're not motivated? Like, what a weird reason. Like, uh, you, Yeah, it's some kind of weird business meeting. Yeah, exactly. It was it was very, um, oh, what's the word? I don't know. It came off very, uh, very lighthearted almost. Like, yeah. Like, I don't know. I don't know. Very strange, but, um. But but they go, well, you know, how about the motivation of knowing where to look? <laughs> I love Locke trying to take what he what she said and use it against her. Mm-hmm. Um But um you know, they the, and that's the thing, you know they did they didn't know where to look for them. They and, and he he's saying, you know, also, you know, you don't know where to look for um for Jack, although I know where to look for Jack. Why? <laughs> oh, because of the way that we got a bearing when the way the sun hit Echo Stick, I'm like, okay, really? Huh. Let's think about that for a second. What does that even mean? Like, the only thing I can think of, well, okay, there's two things. The first thing is the top of his stick said, you know, look north, blah, blah, blah. And we obviously know that the others, uh, that O-Town is, is somewhere, generally speaking, north of where they are. But the second thing about this light hitting the stick and giving them a compass, the only thing I could think about that was that um, a long time ago in season one, when they had that dis- uh, Locke and Saeed had that discussion about the sun and being confused about the position of the sun based on where, like north and you know where the coordinates should be. Yeah. Uh, so is that what is that what he's referencing? No, I think. Oh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Great. I think what he's referencing is the numbers on the stick. The uh, I think it was three twenty-five, and I, I think that's supposed to be. Oh, there was numbers on there. Yeah, it said lift up your eyes and look north. Three twenty-five, John, or something like that, or John three twenty-five. Oh yeah, okay. So I but, think. But um, why is that the way the sun hit the stick? The sunlight well, it made hit the him stick. See it. You can't see it without the sunlight. Well, it made him take notice of it. You can't take notice without the sunlight. <laughs> You can, but uh, it's what caused him to. That's what caused him to. Yeah. All right. I don't buy that. He he was hammering the thing in the ground. He wouldn't have he wouldn't have paid any attention to it if the sunlight hadn't hit it in that way. If you watch that scene, you know that's that's what happens. Oh, I have to watch the scene. Yeah. I was listening to it. 
<clears throat> didn't watch it. Okay, well, I'll give them a I'll give them a pass on that one. Um, I just thought I thought they were saying specifically the sun w- caused them to get a compass bearing. Uh, but did the compasses even work? I thought the compasses didn't even work. Oh well, you know they work relatively. Okay. They just uh, they're just off from True North. Now here's a quick question. Hopefully with a quick answer. Why is and that? Actually, maybe now that the hatch is gone, they will work. I don't know. Why? My question is why uh, are those is that compass bearing on the uh, on the stick? Why? I guess my question really is, why does he think that's a compass bearing? Well, that's a good question. So I guess because he's faithful Locke and he believes it was a sign from the island. And why didn't he think to go there before? Go where? Go where before? Head towards that direction before. Because he didn't notice it on the stick. Before. No, no, no. I'm saying after he noticed it on the stick, how come he didn't try to go there before Kate came back? Well, that's you know that's the part that doesn't really make sense. They they knew where to go and they're just kind of hanging around. Uh, yeah, that's problematic. It's because he says you know she says you you know uh, you don't know where to look. I didn't invite you because you don't know where to look. She doesn't either, but. You don't know where to look, and you're not motivated. And he goes, well, how about the motivation of knowing where to look? Isn't that what he said? I think what he said was something like, it's not it's not about motivation, it's about knowing where to look. Oh, I think he said the motivation of knowing where to look, because he, he referenced motivation. I know, I just remember that. Well, I said motivation and what I thought his line was. Oh, what did you say again? Sorry. That... I said it's not about motivation. It's about knowing where to look. Oh. That's I guess I'm saying... I, okay. I recall. Okay, anyway, never mind. But the point is... Uh, what was my point? My point is basically he's saying... Uh, I guess I guess the idea is they still don't have the motivation because they, they know where to look. Because he sort of says, you know, it's not about... Mo- like, okay, taking what you said, it's not about motivation, about knowing where to look. But then he says, well, we know where to look. Right, but they didn't before very recently. Well, but they do now, so why why say that when it's not the case? Well, she's challenging him with the fact that they didn't come looking for him for them before, and, and they, you know, it was only, I think, I'm, I don't know how the Island Times is working, but I think it was maybe yesterday or something when he saw this. Mm-hmm. So, uh... uh so he, he hasn't known where to look until very recently. And that's his explanation for why they didn't oh, go after him. Hmm, okay. I'll buy that. Good. And I'm wondering, okay, I guess my next question is, um, why didn't he tell her before about this secret compass bearing? Oh, that's another fine question. Mm-hmm. Uh, although I, she really did just leave as soon as she got back to the camp. He could have said, hey, I got an idea where Jack might be. I think that would have stopped her. Yeah, yeah, you know, that um, that would have uh, that would have been good. Um, but I guess they decided to let her go and follow her. Yeah, I mean, I don't really expect an answer. There's no real big, there's no, you know, whatever. Um, yeah. All of a sudden, shots ring out. Who could it be? Everyone's favorite scientist, the French woman. 
Russo. Scientist, right. <laughs> yeah, Easy to forget that. Right. Don't forget. Don't forget. That's how <sighs> she was able to do those maps, man, right? Mm-hmm. That's the reason they gave us. That's what we have to buy. Yeah. Um, she's, you know, Kate tells her, I, I come to ask for your help. For what? And I'm thinking, I'd, another one, something I'd pay the writers to, to, to have Russo say is, uh, if it doesn't involve baby snatching, I'm of no use. <laughs> oh, but she doesn't say that. Uh, Kate tells her about Alex. I'm pretty sure she's your daughter. Now, let's talk about that, please. Yeah. What is, why does she think that? I mean, besides the fact she's around the right age. And her name is Alex. Yeah. But as far as Kate knows, that's Ben's daughter, Ben's real daughter. She has no reason to believe that's not Ben's daughter, and they haven't hinted at us that Kate doesn't believe that. Uh, So it doesn't make any sense for Kate to believe that that could be Ben's daughter and Russo's daughter. Yeah, it's hard to reconcile that with what she said in the last episode about Carl uh, leaving, and uh, she said something like, all Ben wants is for him to be as far away from his daughter as possible. Uh-huh. Something along those lines. Referencing Alex as Ben's daughter. And in this episode, he references Alex as um, uh, Danielle's daughter. She, and don't uh, forget that if at any point along the way she had any, you know, she, she thought that Alex could have been Russo's daughter, she could have asked a simple question of, you know, how, how long have you been here? Have you been here in your life? Well, you know, something something to make us wonder if she if she is questioning her uh, the, you know, the heredity or whatever Alex's yeah. heredity. But she never sort of questions it, even when she sort of, she, you know, she there's a couple times she has an opportunity to do so, and she never does. I mean, it was pretty hectic uh, their time together, but I think I think Jack had more of a chance with Alex than Kate did. Yeah, I'll buy that. But um, I agree that it's it's there's something a little wrong with this. But I but I do want to bring up the, in the maternity leave episode, Kate went along and Claire realizes who Alex was and makes a speech about it to to Danielle and uh, and Kate was there. So uh, so she she you know she has that. What did she say? I don't remember. Well. I'll have to go to the transcript, but uh, let me see here. It was towards the end. She says, you know, there was there was someone who wasn't like the rest of them. I remember a girl, a girl with blue eyes. She helped me. She saved me just like you did. She wasn't like the others. She was good. Is that what you're looking for? Yeah, that's it. Nothing happened with that, though. Well, uh, well, da- the the transcript doesn't get across Danielle's look during the scene. It, it doesn't doesn't quite um, uh, translate that well, uh, written wise. But uh, yeah, but you think she would be like, really? Where is she? Where can I find her? I'm interested. Well, I have nothing else to do on this island but search for my daughter. <laughs> yeah, you know, she should have said that to Ben too. There, there's something, there's something a bit inconsistent about this whole thing. But, uh, but I just wanted to bring that up um, because uh, you know, at least Kate was around for that. Yeah. Well, you know what I think. You ready for a crackpot theory? I, I'm always ready for a crackpot theory. I think Danielle's the eye patch guy. Whoa. Yeah. 
That's um, that's a guy and he's pregnant. Oh, <laughs> and he's Rosinski. That's a twist. Oh, and there's <laughs> number three. Oh my god! Wow. Yeah, you like that? How many people can she be? Hey, it's up to her. Okay. She's, those French are crazy. Wow. Rodzinski is Danielle. That's pretty crazy. And pregnant, don't forget. And pre- Excuse me, and pregnant. And he killed himself before. And he killed himself. Yeah. Wow. Wow. And he's Roger. And he's, Ro- and he's Roger. <laughs> Ooh. And Smokey and Vincent. And Smokey and Vincent. Wow, this is really... Uh... This is quite a theory. Uh, and Alvar Hanzo. And, and Alvar <laughs> Wow. Wow. Um, can, I, can I get a Marvin Candle? Oh, he's not Marvin Candle. Okay. Of course not. Of course not. That would be... That would just Penny's be... Marvin Candle. Please. Okay. Please. <laughs> please. Let's, let's not get... And, and, and DeGroote? What about DeGroote? What about DeGroote? Who is he? Who is he? That's my sign. I'm asking you. <laughs> I'm asking you. Who's on first? All right. Uh, so the uh, end of this episode, um, basically she says, you know, I, I, I think that's, I'm pretty sure that's your daughter. Um, <laughs> I wouldn't put money on it, but I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I, I was actually proud of her for putting it together because I, I got the sense no one was going to figure it out and yeah. there's going to have to be some bizarre way that she would find out. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I was kind of glad, even though even though it's this is It's a little bizarre. It's slightly off as far as what's happened before, but but maybe she, I don't know, I, I can't even explain. But, uh, but I'm still glad that she uh, figured it out so we have that... Um, uh, impetus for Danielle to, to realize that and get involved in this whole mess. Well, and I think it's really interesting that, you know, she's basically like, you know, the idea is I need you to help me get Jack, but the thing that's in it for you is your daughter. Right. <laughs> you know, I'm not asking you to help me do this thing. I, I'm i asking you to help me do this thing because you, you can get some out of it too, you know. It's, right. It's very selfish on this island. Very selfish people. Well, Danielle never helps him with anything, really. So. Oh... She's, uh, I don't know. I was surprised to see her. I really didn't, um, ugh, didn't see it coming. Well, that was the episode. Yep. Do you have any other things you want to say from your list of, um, crap? Uh, let me think. Uh, no, I think, uh, I think that's it for me. What about you? Well, um, yeah, that's it. I'm I'm done. Okay. <laughs> uh, we can talk about next on lost real quick. Sure. Um, uh, you know, you guys know where to find it. You know, you can go to YouTube and search for it, or um, <laughs> or watch it on TV like the rest of us. Um, but um. Basically, uh, the big thing that we're going to find out next week is not only who was the eye patch guy, but how he relates to Saeed, because Saeed apparently recognizes him uh, from something. Yeah. Uh, so that'll be very interesting. Um, I, I can't imagine can't imagine what's going on there. 
I want to throw out my theory, which I am 99.999% certain <laughs> until I'm proven wrong. Here we go. And then I'll claim I never said it, is that uh, the iPatch guy is Danielle's Robert. Wow. I believe right. it. I believe it. And I'll tell so, you why I believe it. Real quick. Okay. The first thing I, that made me think it... Oh, what were you going to say? Once, once you explain your theory, I'd like to, as usual, throw out a few questions. Dude, okay. Go ahead. <laughs> like, why isn't he dead, like she said? Uh, I'm sure that would be your that first question. One, but, okay. You know. So, uh, when I was watching the, the next on Lost promo, you know, we, get, we got to see the eye patch guy, you know, very well. You know, you got a sense of his size. You got a sense of what he really looks like and not just this, like, face on a camera. Which I got to tell you was great. <laughs> it was really cool. Best thing in that episode. But, um, but when he, you know, I, the weirdest thing is when he, when he had the rifle and, you know, you, see, you get the little scene where he's sort of shooting at Saeed and the other, and the other guys. Um, something about him holding that rifle made me think of Danielle and then it made me think of Robert. And then there's another scene, and I think it may be on the, the Canadian promo where, um, Someone has a gun on on the eye patch guy, and he says um, he says kill me. But he has this accent, and it was very quick. But I think it's a French accent. So for those reasons and more, I think that's Robert. Okay. And who else could it be? Who else could it be? That's always been my question. I have no idea who that's supposed to be. And this is a family show, and I think at the end of the show, you know, they want. Danielle and Robert and Alex to be a family. You know, I, I'm, wow. just, you know I'm going to put that out there. I think that's what it's all about. Wow. If we take this round and get them back together, that would be really crazy. This is ABC. Um, it seems like he's going to be Saeed's Desmond. You know, uh, mm-hmm. like Desmond was to Jack. You know, this guy who's on the island who he has a connection to from his past. But maybe it'll be a stronger connection than just running into each other in a stadium. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Uh, maybe there, but, I, I think there's something to do with Nadia in there. Maybe I just realized that's why he can't be Robert. Why? If, if Saeed knows him from off the island, he he can't be Robert. He he should have been there for the last sixteen years. Why not? He could have. He could have come. He could. Saeed's fairly old. He could have known him a long time ago. Yeah, but I I don't know. It would be. No, you're right. That would be weird. That would be weird. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think the flashback's going to go back that far. You know, I, I don't think he's... Echo's flashback went far. <laughs> you're right. It did. Um, I guess if it goes back to childhood, then uh, then that's possible. Um, but uh, I, guess I, I guess I just don't think it's going to go back that far. But uh, I guess if it does, it could be. Um, but if it's but if it's a recent flashback, then I think it rules out that possibility. Yeah, I mean, I don't even know. It's weird how he would know anybody else anyway, you know. But uh, but no, you got a good point with the sixteen year thing. Um, that makes me seventy five percent sure it's Robert. Oh wow! <laughs> I knocked your it, percentage down. It knocked it down quite a bit um, because yeah. I, I I I don't really think that they that they would have a flashback that far because that that long ago I mean would you really recognize someone that easily, you know? Yeah. From sixteen almost twenty years ago or something and. Uh, and how old do you think Saeed is? Oh, I'm sure he's he's supposed to be like uh, you know almost forty maybe like thirty six thirty eight. 
Yeah. Something like so that. He's, I mean, he would be pretty young 16 years ago. He would have been I could see him at university and, uh, you know, and uh, running <laughs> around. at university? Of course, at university. Saeed would have to be at university. He would totally be at university. And uh, and maybe that's his old um, communications uh, professor. I don't okay. know. He gave him an F one time, and he's mighty pissed. <laughs> Oh man, um, yeah, that, that is possible. But man, that would be that would be a stretch for that actor to play a twenty-year-old. Well, what also what what I thought was interesting is that you know Saeed seems to you know from the promos, which you know obviously can be misleading, but it seems like he sort of recognizes him before he gets a before he gets a really good look at him, which makes me think one of the things that helps uh, Saeed to recognize the guy is the fact that he has an eye patch. Um, which would mean that this guy lost his eye a long time ago. Yeah. So maybe, maybe if it is Robert, well, that makes no sense. That's gonna say maybe if it is Robert, when Danielle shot him, she shot him in the eye, and then I was gonna throw that out if that's then, why you thought he had the pass. And then he, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put that past them that somehow, you know, Robert got to the island 16 years ago. All this stuff happened. Danielle tried to kill him. She thought she killed him or whatever, and. Uh, I mean, whether or not she thought she killed him, whatever. But uh, and and at some point, you know, he's obviously still alive, and he gets off the island somehow. I don't know if he hooks up with Dharma, he hooks up with the other. Somehow, he gets off the island. He does whatever he does with Saeed. Uh, You know, at this point, he has an eye patch. Uh, He does whatever he does with Saeed, and then at some point, he gets back on the island. Okay, it's a stretch, but I can see it. And it seems like he's living in some sort of hut. He's got a fairly, a fairly nice-looking place. Yeah. Nice for the island, I guess. I mean, it looks pretty... Um, nice for any place. No. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it, it looked like your typical like beach type of bungalow thing. It didn't look too drabby. Really? It looked it looked like it was barely standing up to me. I don't know. Maybe you I, think it uh, looks worse than, uh, than Jack's little beach bungalow? Oh, yeah. Really? Oh yeah, Jax was solid. This one looked like it, you could just kind of push it over. Well, it should be older. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that's right. the key. They probably they probably made it look older, and you know, if Echo was there, he could really spruce that place up. <laughs> Chop down some some trees that he likes, and uh, really really bolster that infrastructure. I don't even know what that means. Oh, you mean like reinforce the structure? Yeah, reinforce the structure. Okay, okay. I'm like, is he good at decorating? Okay. I... <laughs> Feng Shui is really big in Nigeria. <laughs> oh, yeah. I forgot my part of his personality. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, all right. Well, all my questions got answered, so I'll, uh, I'll relent on that. I don't, I'm going to say I don't think it's Robert. Um, well, who do you think it is? But I don't know who I think it is. I, I, oh man, I think it's possible he's just another guy who's on the island, uh, along the lines of Desmond and Danielle. Yeah, but that's the thing we've seen with at least with Desmond. You know, we saw him before we saw him on the island. You know, I feel like yeah. they would do something like that at this point in the show. I feel like they would do something like that. Show us somebody we've seen before. Uh, who I mean, who could that be for Saeed? You know, I think it's going to have something to do with Nadia. Okay. I think she's going to be involved somehow. But, um, yeah, don't forget about her. Uh, I will never forget you, Nadia. 
until I go to the island and, well, you know. <laughs> well, you know, there's lots going on, bananas and all. Yeah. Uh, um, so, I guess we're done. Um, more or less. We'll do the, uh, the thanking of uh, our listeners and uh, those who yes. post on the, um, on the site. A lot of posts. Good. Love it. You guys have some good comments. Um, uh, yes, I, I thank I, you too. <laughs> I I have to I have to point out Luber's comments uh, because uh, uh, <laughs> never ceases to amaze me uh, with with what he comes up with. Uh, plums in their mouths, mutated plums in their mouths, and not only that, they have beaks. Uh, I love it, and uh, <laughs> they sh- they should go smell this cheese. So I smell this cheese, and I don't want to comment about it. But, um, yeah, no, you guys are great. And uh, I, I want to say to Julia, uh, sorry I didn't like the episode a lot, but Justin liked it a lot, so or pretty well. So um, hopefully that evens out. And uh, Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, oh, I remember you gave it a rating, right? Uh, 2.5 out of 5, was yeah, that right? Yeah, I did. If I, I just want to say, if I had to rate this, uh, I, I would give this episode uh, 3.5. Okay. That's that's about how how much I I, I thought it was good, but I agree it's not a great episode. So obviously. that's a three. I mean, three out of five. That's an average. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I don't I don't think a we're more than average, I guess. I I just leaned a little more positive, but yeah. You know. Um. But yeah, no, I think everybody, uh, all the classics, uh, uh, Fat Cartman and uh, four twenty, DJ Mr. Monkey and D, the winner of our contest. Uh-huh. Hope you enjoyed those DVDs. Um, <laughs> they got to you fast because you lived in the whatever place where the shipping thing was. And uh, Bruce and Malcolm and uh, yeah, you know the staples. Don't forget Kurt. Kurt, yeah, the Black Rock. Uh, always good. And there's Claude. Good. Claude's awesome. Claude has great comments, and you know what? I think we should get him on the show to be a guest host. I think I think you're right. He, yeah. I think he would make a good addition to the uh, to the Lost Lowdown team. Well, I, even I, don't know, I don't know about that, but oh, okay. um, maybe maybe a one-time guest spot. Please, just to uh, throw people off a little bit. But yeah, emails are good too. Uh, Lostlowdown at gmail.com. Join the Frapper map on our page, thelostlowdown.blogspot.com. Um, got, a, got a good number there, but never hurts to have more, and it's being viewed much more than it's being joined. So, uh, Oh, the um, the thing I think we referenced last week, there was something we wanted to mention and we forgot, yeah. and now we remember. Uh, we want uh, a long overdue... Right. Uh, shout out to uh, Kieran in England. Um who was uh, hopefully still is a fan, and uh, we always we were sort of we've always been mystified by his dropping off the face of the earth. So if he is still listening, please give us a shout. Uh, we uh, we went through a short a, a bit of a period in in this last uh, summer, this last summer where uh, we didn't podcast for a while, and it, and it seemed like he uh, uh, gave up on us. He was really interested there for a while, and we never heard from him again. So. Yeah, if you're if you're still out there, uh, just just let us know. You don't have to do what you did before, but uh, 
It'd be nice to know you still exist. Yeah, because we do care. I mean, we, we, we care about our fans and definitely, like, you know, people who post and people on the Frapper, we, you know, we, we, we sort of know you guys and, 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 uh, and when we, you know, we have a name to go with, uh, you know, the, the fans. So uh, if you guys don't post for a while, Vicky H, I'm talking to you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we talk about that because we care. So um, yeah. it doesn't mean you have to go post, but just uh, just know that we are aware of what's going on and we, we appreciate the uh, interactivity you guys have with us. So we appreciate right. that. And when you don't have millions of fans, it's easy to keep track of them and sort of. But strangely, no. when you're like us and you have billions of fans, it's still easy to keep track. Ah, I see. Yeah, it's a, it's an inverse principle of fandom. <laughs> I hadn't heard of that one. That must be new uh, new research. Yeah, they call it that that new math. Oh, okay. Yeah. Of course. Awkward pause and. Uh, well, cool. Uh, catch us next week, guys. We'll be back to talk about Inter 77. Inter 77. Which you can probably guess what that means by the title, but it's definitely a cool title. Um, probably one of the best, actually, just because it's so sort of enigmatic. Yeah, but, um, it is a good one. They, a good their one. titles, a lot of times, are pretty lame. So. Yeah, I'm looking at you, Flashes Before Your Eyes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was a little weak. A little weak. I like not in Portland. Uh, there's been there's been some good ones, but uh, a lot of them are just kind of obvious. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I agree. As soon as I heard that title, I'm like, oh man, that's a great title. So yeah, I like it. I like it. Next week should be should be pretty good stuff. I'm 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 hoping for uh, I'm hoping for oh. a lot to talk about. That reminds me of what I wanted to say about it. I I am very hopeful and excited about the next week's episode, but. I have to say, what I'm very reminded of with this whole business is the question mark episode oh, God, in season yes. two. Uh, I remember uh, in leading up to that, it was it, the episode's called Question Mark, and they're going to go find a question mark on the Blackstar map, and you know what could be more amazing than that? Everything. Yeah. That's going to be the secret to everything. And I, I thought it was a good episode, but it wasn't nearly as incredible yeah. as I thought it would be. The idea that they're going to find the question mark on the blast door map so soon after we discover the blast door yeah uh you know relatively soon uh that was that was fairly amazing and i i had high hopes for that episode too and it, yeah it didn't live up to the expectations but it was good no that's the thing i still it wasn't like it sucked but it compared to what i was expecting which was this grand amazing revelation about everything it you know didn't didn't quite live up to that, and so I'm I'm slightly hesitant to get too excited about this one because I the revelations can't be that big. Yeah, <laughs> it's the middle of the season here. You know, I got to be realistic. Um, but I but I just I, I feel like it'll still be interesting even if there aren't um, ten million revelations. So there will be something to talk about. I'm pretty sure there'll definitely be something to talk about. So uh, I can't wait to see what Locke's gonna do in that chess game. Yeah, oh man, he's playing chess. I don't know, I'd rather have Saeed at the wheel, no offense. Yeah, sorry, Locke. Your backgammon's your game. Although, he you know, he does have a history of, of loving games and stuff, um, so yeah. maybe, maybe he's good at chess. Backgammon is my favorite game. Well, Mousetrap's my favorite game. Well, uh, yeah. <laughs> what happened to, you know, God, this reminds me of early season one Locke, you know, when he's like... Uh, you know, playing backgammon for fun and like throwing mm-hmm. knives at trees for fun yep. and like going hunting boar and like God, mm-hmm. man, he doesn't do that anymore. No, that's the thing, man. They 
they're they're trying to bring back that log, but they forgot what he used to do. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> now, um, like, new Kickass Log just stands around. Yeah. He's he's that's supposed to be him being good. I don't know, just because he's not like frustrated with his faith. Like that's supposed to be. I don't know. Yeah. Hopefully, it looks like he's gonna do something in this next episode. Him sitting in front of a computer. Seems like a bad idea. I know. We've been down that road. We really have. And that left to an implosion. So. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. That nonsense. So, anyway, uh, I'm excited with Sly Reservations. Well, I'm fully excited with okay. low expectations. How about that? Sounds good to me. Touche, sir. Touche. Touche. Oh, God. Didn't Sawyer said a touche this episode. Oh, yeah, because Hurley, he called Hurley something in Hurley's. Hurley stumbled over uh, yeah. calling him a, a redneck, which was a, a a comeback waiting to happen for three seasons now. Right. Uh, but um, even leave it to Hurley to stumble over it. Yeah. Yeah. He's good at that. He's good at that. Um. All right. Yeah, I think Bruce mentioned that in his uh, post. But um, all right. Well, thanks for listening, guys. Appreciate it. We'll be back next week. Uh, and actually, our podcast should be up earlier, oh, yeah. uh, probably Friday, right? Hey, a treat. A treat. Um, so look for us on Friday. No later than Saturday, but uh, look for us on Friday. And uh, thanks and namaste. Namaste and good luck. <laughs>